You'll shoot your eye out, kid. Merry Christmas. Ho, ho, ho. Amanita muscaria. The shamans eat it, and then everybody drinks their piss, and everybody gets high, and oh, you get in touch with the gods. <laughs> okay, guys, welcome back to the Grime America Show. We are going to be chatting with Patrick Jordan a little bit later. Uh, we get into all sorts of stuff with Patrick, actually, he's a fun one. But first... As always, the co-hostess with the mostest, Graham Sickly Dunlop. Hey, buddy. You look like death. Well, yeah, thanks to you. Yeah. I wonder how James is. Yeah. I, I know he made it through a show on the weekend. Oh, did he? Yeah. <gasps> Fuck, I totally forgot about it. But he's been pretty quiet this week. And a little grumpy, too, so I wonder if he's a little under the weather. Maybe. I'm okay. I'm, I'm hanging in there. Just It's just... Uh, you don't start work till noon. It's easy. It hasn't quite uh, slammed me yet, but it's definitely trying. I had a little yeah. bit of the cold, cold shakes last uh, Thursday, last, end of last week after you were sick, and then yeah, and then uh, yeah, it's just kind of then it's been just trying to work its way around my body. It's kind of weird. The aches to me are the worst part. Yeah, I hate the aches. Yeah, well, they came and went pretty quick. Um, I know people are like, you should get the flu shot. I'm like, no, I'm not going to get the flu shot. Like, I've never really been sick like this, uh, except for the last two years now, which is weird. As I get healthier, then I get sicker, which is kind of weird. Uh, but it seems like a lot of people are sick, regardless yeah, of whether it's been they a have rough the flu one. shot or not. I mean, right? I don't get the flu shot either, but I mean, I instead of, why, instead of me getting in the flu, flu and a bunch of other shit crammed in me i just got the flu for two days slept and now i'm good i'm probably more immune than anyone who got the flu shot you just wait plumber was bragging we'll see yeah yeah maybe yeah <laughs> yeah bullshit but yeah hit me hard two days bounce back actually for me it was it was basically four days it was the two days of work but the weekend was a write-off too um but Monday, I was good to go. Yeah. Felt good. Still got a bit of a cough, but yeah, I can live with it. Yeah, well, it's good to see you back. You're heading down? No, I'm heading. I'm okay. I'll be okay. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I hope. Famous last words. Yeah. yeah. You're to stay up late, play hockey, do a bunch of you're going to wake up just fucking back. <laughs> yeah. So this is the part where we do some lazy ramblings, and, and the show will... Uh, We'll start after this. We usually put a timestamp at the beginning. We do a timestamp, but now you can just hit next because I put a chapter mark So in. you put a chapter mark in. So you can just hit next to the interview itself. Yeah. And we usually cover listener emails and stories and feedback. Depending on your podcast player, probably. Yeah, exactly. We never try anything in the podcast player that most of you are probably using because we use an obscure one that accounts for, I think, like one in 1,000 podcast listeners. Really? Yeah. The one we use is obscure? Yeah. Wow, I it's, love the one we Libsyn goes through the top 10, and like the number 10 usually gets like less than 1% of the market. Wow, really? 
The the native podcast app is still over sixty percent. The native iTunes podcast Apple I, mm-hmm. podcast app, which wow. doesn't play our nice, which doesn't display our beautiful weekly art. Yeah, really, that's crazy. Unless the new one does, but it never used to. So just check. To, I mean, honestly, it switched to Overcast. If you're on Apple and you're using the right, the podcast app, just download Overcast. It's a million times better. Hmm. I still use iCatcher. iCatcher's not free, though. Right. Overcast is free. I'm probably oh, I better than iCatcher. Really? I, I, like, I stick with iCatcher because of the import, import media function. Overcast and none of the other ones have that one that I could just find any audio file on the internet, copy the link to it, paste it into fucking iCatcher, and iCatcher will fucking... Hold it there for you. And put it together as a podcast and play it in my podcast player. So you, so you have the function. Can you do that with a YouTube video? Can you put a YouTube video in there? I've never tried that. Because the thing that bugs me about YouTube, like so many people use it still, but there's no, it's the functionality of not being able to skip forward and skip back and pause and come back to the same spot. Like that's what drives me nuts about YouTube. And I don't. And how you shut your phone off and YouTube stops. And then sometimes it works if I click the play button. Sometimes it doesn't. I'm going to try copying this here. I, I'm going to say I don't think it's going to work. But some places like Corbett, you can download as YouTubes, as MP3s, I think. They'll give you that option on the bottom. Oh, that's what that is. Download this in a separate window? Yeah. Yeah. So if I go here, try import, paste my YouTube URL, it's going to invalid. Mm. It's got to be an MP3 file. Mm. That's all podcatchers know what to do with. MP3s. Mm. So where would you find, what kind of audio file are you talking about then? You find some random audio file, where do you Well, I mean, that? you import stuff all the time, don't you? Nope. I'll find a radio lab file, or I'll just find, you know those ones that you'll click on an audio file and it opens up that weird black background with the play button in the middle? I b- rarely, rarely do that. I'm copying text into audio more, way more often. Like Now the new Voice Dream app has the capability of... I feel like we're doing ads here or something, or not. This is just how we function, like how we... Um, yeah, I still, I can't do the voice stream shit. So articles on, so now articles on websites, now it goes directly into voice stream. So I just go arrow, voice stream, copy, boom, and I can listen to that article. I just double swipe down like, on my phone, read it to me. No, uh, it's not, now I get to choose my, choose my, I have more settings in, in the... Uh, thing. I still can't do it, I won't do it. Plus, now I've got it in a file like where I can go back and listen to it I'm again, more right? apt to find weird old MP3s. Because, I mean, there's tons of people putting audio, especially before, that is not in an RSS-friendly manner. It's just an MP3 embedded in their page. Or... Really? Yeah. I rarely come across that. Well, it shows you how here. shallow your research pool is. Bullshit. I just do. I'm more document-orientated. Mm. Yeah. I just copy the documents and listen to those. Yeah, I can't do that. It's still the the technology. It's getting not, better. No. James Palato played one, and it sounded real. So I don't know what technology that is. That's not available in my voice stream, but it sounded real. This dude talking, and it was a his voice. When it gets there, it then I voice. can do it. Yeah. So I can just go like this. No speakable content could be found on the screen. Hmm. Valid URL. The provided URL does not appear to point to media that can be downloaded. Try opening the same URL in Safari and see if it brings up a page. 
I can switch here to Australian if I want. Mine's super fast for some reason. In the wake of the election, we must resist the slightest extension in the boundaries of what is right and just. Credit photograph by Livio Mancini slash Redux America has always no, been... It's worse when, it gets, to, when, when it gets to the photo. HTTP slash WW. Anyway, I'm surprised you've never tried important stuff. You must have. Do you I think I did really. it was with an old Radio Lab show? <clears throat> yeah, I just don't. I don't know. I'm I'm, I'm listening to either stuff that's podcast already or or just articles. Hmm. Anyways, enough of that. Enough so of you that. can fast forward on whatever device you, you have. Should have to fast the, forward already to the to the show. Yeah, but we. I don't know. It's just great hearing from listeners and um, just being part of this whole community. It's the best part of this, which we didn't really get into a lot in 200. I was kind of disappointed. In show 200, uh, I felt like, I don't know, didn't say that much, really. Degraded. I had all this stuff I wanted to say, and I just didn't end up getting a chance to. So. Are you saying that our listeners had bad questions? No, not at all. You weren't asking the right questions? No. I blame James. Oh, yeah? Yeah. And we pissed off you. Yeah. (laughs) James in the room. Yeah, there was more than more f bombs than normal. That's for sure. And I was sick, and it was just it was a mess. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good thing we powered through that night, though, because otherwise it wouldn't have got done. There would have just been no show. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of that, I, I do have some feedback from that from one of our synchro of our or friends. anything interesting. Uh, it's a bit of a synchro, but it's more about just a thank thank you for the shout out. Spend. Excuse me. ITM, guys. This is from our buddy, Billy. <laughs> You're going to like this, Darren. This he from says, who? This is from Billy. Magruder. Oh, nice. I just wanted to say thanks for the shout-out on the 200th episode spectacular. I haven't finished listening to it yet, as the amount of podcast listening time I have has been greatly reduced due to a new job that does not require near as much drive time. Although I still make time for Grimerica and no agenda, no matter what. As my podcast, yeah, as my podcast time has suffered, I tend not to be able to listen now. As soon as the new shows drop, so let me share with you the story of how I came to know about this callout. My brother sent me a message on the face bag yesterday, saying I was walking to work yesterday and was stunned to hear that you had a cameo on the Grimerica show. His message, in turn, shocked me. First off, I thought it was odd being mentioned on the show because the last time I really sent anything in was the time I sent that synchro of my wife ranting about her family and sitting on a singing Elsa doll whose singing Disney wisdom urged her to let it go. go. (laughs) I know that movie word for word too, Billy. It's okay. In dramatic and annoying yet ear-catching Disney fashion. Which, by the way, got me a shitty five-point-something rating. That was back in the day when good rating actually meant something, I guess. (laughs) Darren seemed to be selling good ratings now to to piss poor synchros for a few bucks. Yeah, Darren's taking donations from special interest groups for synchro ratings. He's being corrupted over here. Hey, send me some good synchros to fucking combat the corruption. Anyways, the other reason for this call-out was shocked me because I had no idea my brother even listened to Grimerica. 
sure, I signed him up to your newsletter and patted him on the back some time ago, but I never really mentioned it after that. Needless to say, I immediately tuned into the show and listened for the first few minutes to see why I was mentioned. So speaking of that, signing people up, you can sign your friends up to our newsletter as well. Just go to our website. America.ca slash news. Slash news and just put in their email and sign them up. They won't even know who did it. Yeah. And we think they can unsubscribe if yeah. they want. <laughs> it's got to be. I think legally it has to be pretty easy. Yeah. Although, sure do you know you can't get off the fucking Oprah book club thing? I've tried multiple times. I'm not on there. I know. You can't get off it once you're on. They won't How'd let you, you go. I don't know. Years ago. <laughs> like 10 years ago, probably. Does this make it okay? <laughs> what book was it? I don't know. Probably New Earth or something like that. Eckhart Tolle. Well, good to know. I, I would like to know if any other of our listeners are on Oprah's book club list or book club email list. I'm telling you, and, and if they, if they know how to it, get off it, because I've tried multiple no times. no other listeners are on Oprah's list. No, there will be. Uh, yeah, maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> so what, where was I here? So he says, uh, <clears throat> so he wants to, he listens to the first few minutes to see why. He was mentioned, and indeed had another good laugh at Graham's expense. Yes, when I first watched that video, I was all about 20 seconds, and I knew Darren had to see it. So I posted it to the face bags, and a few short days later, my brother was messaging me, telling me I'm podcast famous. <laughs> so again, I thank you for the call out and the laughs. Grimerica is an outstanding product, and many wishes to another 200 episodes. Actually, thanks for... Uh, Thanks for all the feedback as well, saying, wish, wishing us uh, congratulations on the 200 and stuff. That was pretty cool to hear. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. From lots of people. I didn't hear much. Oh, really? Was it emails? I don't know. You're just not as deep into it. I got some it. YouTubes I could read. Yeah. Okay, let me finish off this one we first. still don't have a YouTube jingle or a cooking jingle. Someone, someone sent me a message that said... Uh, Chicken puree puree and baked potato with lime lime chili chutney. I don't get it. It's that's that's the, it. What? That's the message. Uh, what do you mean? Does, so does so mean somebody it? wants you to make it. Me to make it? Yeah. Sounds good. Well, I could chicken make it. puree puree with lime chai chai something. I made some spicy cabbage rolls last week. All right, let me finish this off here. So he says, P.S. Thanks to Darren's squatty potty shilling, I find myself, no, I immediately had to go buy one. It was a true life changer. Pooing will never be the same. In fact, I'm thinking about upgrading to the nine inch model. Ooh, I wonder. Let me Did know you how know that goes. Did you know a nine inch model? Yeah. That would hurt. That, my, my knees wow, would be you're up on my, that's like, my ears. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that it's for taller people. I'd be able to kiss myself with a nine inch. I think. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> it, either way. <laughs> and this year, my whole family is getting squatty potties for Christmas. My parents, my two brothers, and my two sisters. My brother Bud, the one who I now know listens to the show. If Graham decides to share this email, anyways, will now know why he and his wife received such a wonderful and life changing gift this year. <laughs> Whoops! I guess that's a bit of a spoiler. <laughs> and he's going to know before Christmas. <laughs> You better, cause Canadian Tire doesn't stock that many. I got one of the last two on the shelf, so I don't know where you're going to get them from, but 
Hopefully they got enough stock. Is he Canadian? I don't know. And when he is sitting on the throne this Christmas morning, dropping the annual U-log, he will undoubtedly be thinking of Darren and Graham and the Graham America show. Thanks again, gentlemen. It's a game changer. PSS. What the hell, Darren? What happened to that trip out here to Colorado you were on about? We could, we should have a meetup. Well, I figured out that Washington was just as wonderful and just <laughs> down the road. <laughs> but I do want to see, like, the Colorado airport and shit. I mean, I'd love to get out to Colorado, absolutely. But, I mean, I can be in, in uh, what, Spokane in, what, seven, eight hours? Seattle in 10. Yeah, you probably wanted to go to Colorado more for the same reason why you ended up in Washington, right? Pretty much. Because other than that, I picture Colorado as being um, fairly similar to Alberta in a lot of ways. <clears throat> I know Calgary and Denver are supposed to be very similar. Oh, But I'd love to go there, absolutely. Probably with the fam one day. It's a haul. How long would it take you to You have to fly there, right? Flying such a pain in the ass. It's not that bad. So what you got? Oh, I was going to do the YouTubes. This fucking Facebook guy won't leave me alone. Jesus Christ. Well, it's funny. I got other, other people mentioning the Squatty Potties, too. Oh, the Squatty Potties been huge. We should have bought shares in Squatty Potty. <laughs> Would that be a conflict of interest? <laughs> then we'd be, then we'd be compromised. Yeah. Um. No, I st- I've still. I'm the only one who's got my one. I'm the only one who uses it in my household. I did your techniques. Did you? Yep. Better. Standing. Yeah. Well, I don't. I think it is. I mean, I was able to do it anyways. It was hard to picture. It's huh. like some of those yoga poses that you don't think you can do till you try it. Yeah. Okay, I got some, uh, here's some YouTube feedback for 200. Uh, I bet the EMF guy you deleted was Dan Winter. This one's for James. Chips and dogs gives them cancer, dudes. Check that shit out before chipping. <laughs> James did not like to hear that. LOL, missed you guys, I think. American interventionalism, invent, interventionalism compared to the American figures... Castro seems quite exceptional, and that's leaving out the commercial side of it. Like the EU Federal Drug Agency figures, MK Shulian Yawudu crystallinism, ghoulish globalist ghosts, and bitch black fatigues. What does that even fucking mean? Fucking YouTube. <laughs> Yeah, that's oh, one of the so ways you can... Oh, called me Stony Baloney. I like that one. <laughs> that's one of the ways you can connect with us. There's also Instagram and Twitter and uh, the website, grammerica.ca. Here's a good one. One of the hosts sounds like he gives no fucks about doing this show. This is my first time checking it out. Maybe he didn't have his coffee yet. But his lackluster hosting is making it hard for me to care. And it might just be me, but the other host seems less than impressed with his stony baloney counterpart as well. <laughs> yeah, that's an unfortunate episode to start on. Hopefully he realizes that's an unusual episode. <laughs> but I'm glad he commented. <laughs> I was probably just about fed up with stony baloney over here. So I do have a... <clears throat> 
another note from um, from a listener here. A weird experience story. If you want to play, like, do you have a weird experience jingle or something? And now another edition of this is my go-to. American goodies by the people. So, first of all, <clears throat> thanks for the donation. Really appreciated it. This was from um, Fiona and her husband. Well, I just sent out the swag. Yeah, so the the swag is on the way. Sorry for the delay, but Darren was pretty sick last week. And I was pretty frustrated with Stony Blonde. And Darren forgets all sorts of shit, so... Yeah, don't feel bad about reminding us. It's just a two-man show here. We're doing it all ourselves. And and the admin's probably the hardest part about it, like remembering to set up email addresses and send swag out and stuff like that. So uh, she says, a side note, my husband and I just bought a squatty potty. I told my husband that you'd swear by it, Darren. He was intrigued. And then she talks about her floating. Um, She tried the floating as well in Toronto. And uh, she said the same thing happened that you did where she got stuff in her eyes and she had a cut that was all stingy. But she's going to try and try it again. Yes, floating is good. Try it. Lots of float places opening up all over. That's got to be the business to get into. We should open one up. I want a sauna, no, I want to open up a sauna place, infrared sauna place. Don't give away your secrets. Yeah. So here's the weird experience story. I don't have any trip reports or synchros, but I thought I'd share a weird thing that happened to me several years ago. My brother-in-law was dating a girl at the time who was pretty self-centered and inconsiderate. My husband, his family, and I were worried about him as he seemed to be falling really hard for this girl, inviting her to move in with him and everything. And we knew she wasn't good for him. My brother-in-law lives in the same apartment building as us. I happened to arrive home at the same time as them one evening and offered to help them carry her boxes to his apartment. We were walking down the hall from the parking garage to the elevators. They were a few steps ahead of me, and in the span of maybe a second, this happened. I was looking ahead at the girlfriend, the girlfriend, <laughs> when, I had, when I felt the sensation like you get just as you're about to faint. I don't think I know. I've never fainted. I've never fainted. I've been knocked out. But I've never fainted. I'd imagine so I don't you know feel kind that. of dizzy. Yeah. Maybe I've almost fainted but not fainted, so maybe I know that sensation. I just haven't really followed through with the fainting. Anyway, continue. <laughs> but I didn't faint. Instead... Everything in front of me filled up with a flat baby blue color surrounding the girlfriend. So all I saw was this baby blue and the girlfriend. Then the girlfriend faded out and a white feather faded in. Then the feather and the baby blue. Why is he saying the girlfriend? What? Why does he keep saying the girlfriend? She. Instead of his girlfriend? Yeah. I don't know. It's interesting. I think it's subconscious. Okay. Seems like third person or something. Mm-hmm. Throwing me off. Then the feather and the baby blue faded out, and I was back to reality. It was as if time stood still while this was going on. I completed the step I started and carried on. To myself, I felt like a deer in the headlights. What the fuck had just happened? My brother-in-law and the girlfriend aren't very receptive to this stuff, so I kept it to myself. But as soon as I got to my computer, I looked up the symbolism of everything. From what I could gather, looking at multiple resources, is that baby blue color and the white feather mean a connection or communication with an angel or the divine, or with the other side, as I like to interpret it. 
And because it surrounded the girlfriend, the message or communication was related to her. The feeling I got from the vision was that everything will be okay. And it did. My brother-in-law broke up with her a few months later and ended up marrying a really nice girl from the Ukraine. You call her the Ukraine girl? (laughs) (laughs) Still call her the girlfriend? I think, well, now I get it. The the girlfriend must be, like, uh, slanderous. Well, I don't think it's consciously slanderous. Well, it seems like she didn't like her. I'm picking up that she didn't like the girlfriend. Well, don't you call Lisa the wife sometimes? I call her my wife. Do you really? You make that conscious distinction? Huh? I think I've heard you say the wife plenty of times. (laughs) Maybe once or twice. (laughs) I've never had a similar thing. But I think it's different if it's my wife. No. If I was sitting here sit, telling a story about you and your girlfriend, I'm like, it's like grabbing the girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and it, and it, I've never had a similar thing happen since. Not while fully awake, anyway. It was so cool. Anyways, thanks again for the great podcast and keep up the great work. Thank you, Fiona. And the swag is on should, the way. Should be there by Christmas. Well, better be. Actually, that's from Redbubble, so let us know how that goes, because I, I do have some shirts left over here in last time Redbubble, uh, in inventory. They're mainly gray, traditional Grimerica ones. Takes, what, two weeks, I think. And then... Uh, it's only but, two weeks till Christmas, or three weeks. But if you do go to grimerica.ca slash swag, and it takes you to our page of Redbubble, and it basically... Uh, we get like a couple bucks and... from every purchase we get, but it's basically just a way to it was just handle. easier than yeah easier losing money on shirts over and over again yeah this way we're guaranteed not to lose money on swag at least yeah and it's harder to sell than you think really like can you imagine if we had to buy all the shirts and stickers and everything it would just be sitting in here in a big old duffel bag no i mean so i've still got a couple, couple hundred dollars it's like a couple items a month you sell if you're lucky yeah, I've got a couple hundred dollars worth of shirts sitting there that I haven't cashed out on, right? That I spent money on. So yeah, yeah. So, so just especially for local all the people, homeless people. What? Just go give them all the bums. They're cold. Have you ever tried to give stuff thing? to Calgary bums? No, they don't take it. They don't take it. They just want My cash. sister and I tried to take them donuts and muffins one Christmas, and none of them fuck would off. take it. No, three of them refused. We're like, what the fuck is with all the bums in Calgary? What, did they want cash. I don't know what they wanted. Give them a shirt. We could have all the bums in Calgary representing America. That's nice. But we're keeping them warm. It's not. They're going to be covered up with all kinds of layers of sweatshirts and, you know. Until summer. <clears throat> when the layers start coming down, they'll get down to the Grimerica layer. Now, if you could find Garnet Schulhalder's bum. Schulhalder? We did two episodes with him and the bum that awakened him. In Calgary. Down on Stephen Ave. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. He had quite the experience with him. That's right. Takes him on astral traveling. Like, how do you find an astral traveling guy like that? Eh? Your spirit guide is a bum? <clears throat> I'll link to that in the show notes. Word up. So if you're local and you want a shirt, call Graham. Yeah, exactly. That was my point. Or we can still send some out. Actually, if people just want a traditional one, it would be nice just to, so a donation of like 25 bucks or more and I'll send a shirt out and I'll get rid of some of the inventory. I'd rather cash out that way than have everybody go to Red Bull first, right? All right. Okay, what's up?
Not much. You? What's up with you? Got anything else? Well, we got it. You know, do you want to do the UFO instead of the UFO quote of the week? We can do our uh, UFO sighting from Matt in the Hat, one of our bloggers. Ooh. What do you think? Do I play the jingle still, or we could go like this? Down in Graham, going deep. It's a profound UFO quote of the week. Words to ponder and critique. It's a profound UFO quote of the week. All right, this is from Matt in the Hat, one of our bloggers. I'll link to it in the show notes as well. You bastard. And, uh... Let's see here. So this is, uh, so he, it was pretty cool. Cause I think he sent, to, I don't know if he sent it in an email or he just blogged about it, which was cool. He just blogged about it. Or I don't know. I don't get the emails. <clears throat> so he says a couple weeks ago, as I was preparing for moving into a new house, I did a bit of a, I had a bit of a UFO sighting. I reported it to new fork. And what follows is the actual report I submitted along with the video I made from it. On November 6th at about 2 PM central time, my wife and I were loading some items into a trailer in preparation for a move. She sat down to take a short break and scan the sky. Watching the sky when we're outside is and has been a habit we've adopted over the last two to three years. A minute or two into her break, she noticed an object in the northeastern sky and pointed it out to me. It was difficult to locate, but I was able to do so by using convention or by using environmental reference points such as trees in the house. What I saw appeared to me at first to be like a bright star. As if it, as it was a stationary object. At first, like a bright star, as it was. But considering the time of day and the fact it was sunny and sixty-five degrees, made this an unlikely explanation. I cannot stress enough how difficult it was to see this thing, unless you had your eyes directly trained on it. It vanished from sight, even though it seemed to be metallic and reflecting sunlight. If my wife wouldn't have spotted it, there's no way I would have seen it. At this moment, I ran inside to get my son to see it for himself, which he did, but only after directing him where to look exactly. We sat there staring at it with my wife when my wife pointed out two other objects approaching from the southeast. One looked like the object to the north, but was moving slow, and the other had a reddish color, but seemed to bend and twist as it was traveling towards our direction. It changed course a few times going left or right and moves at about half the speed of a mid to high altitude airliner appears to move. These objects also seem to disappear when not focused directly on them. So when I looked away, it took effort to find them once again. At this point, I ran into the house to get my camcorder, which is a Panasonic HCW 570. I knew that I had 35 to 40 minutes of battery left, but when I got outside and started to try to find the objects again, the battery indicator dropped all the way down, and I didn't even get a chance to record a single frame before it just died. <clears throat> disappointed, your phone? Disappointed, my family and I continued to watch. The two moving objects had fully vanished or faded, but the original one still remained. That's when I had the idea to grab the power supply for the camcorder and plug it into the exterior outlet at the front door. It took me a few minutes to get close to zooming in on the UFO as the camera doesn't have a physical viewfinder, only the LCD screen. 
Zooming into 90 times also makes any handheld camera work very unstable. Eventually, using the trees in the front of the house as a reference for locating the object in the sky, I got lucky for just a couple seconds to be able to get it in focus. Almost as if it was playing hard to get, it would move just a close enough to the tree in my line of sight for the camera to lose focus and shift the focusing on the branches. So each time I would have to readjust my position by a few inches and start over again to try and find it in the sky. After all this, the UFO faded into the color of the sky and ended our 20 minutes of excitement and bewilderment. And that's it. And he links to the, he links to the video here, which is three minutes long. And it's, he calls it the silver morphing metallic UFO slash orb in Mequon WI. What's that? Wisconsin? Yeah. Yeah, interesting. At first, I was thinking maybe it was a plane. Like, have you ever seen a Wait, plane? Matt in the hat isn't in medicine hat? No. No. Huh. You always thought? Yeah. I assumed he was just a couple hours down the road. Huh. Right on. Thanks, Matt. Thanks for the blog, and thanks for sharing your sighting with everybody. That was a good one. That was a good one. I'm getting, uh, I'm getting some coconut flat earth lately. There's another one just came in. Listen to y'all's podcast pretty much every day. And I can't help but ask how come you guys don't venture into the flat earth theory? I think it would be a good topic whether you are for it or against it. You know, we might as well just do the fucking flat earth show and be done with it. Really? Well, it's like seven or eight people that have asked us. Really? Yeah. To do it or not do it? To do it. It's fucking, the only thing is, you know, then you got to have someone on and it's going to fucking probably not go well. <laughs> what, do you, what do you mean? In what way? Because I don't have time for it. Uh, you know, I'll do it, but if I do it, then to me it's to fucking stop uh, as many of our listeners as I can from thinking that the earth is flat. And how do I do that and interview a guest respectively? Respectfully. I don't know. You just tell him that you, you're this one conspiracy that you're not buying into, and he can get him to convince you. They seem to have their argument down. Like, they, they feel like that, but it's just... I know, but no, I've listened, because I was going to have What's-His-Name on, and I listened to it, and I'm just like, ugh, it's like people put that shit out there, and what they come back with is not going to go well. But I'll do it. If you want. Yeah, I mean, I'm okay. I'll do, I'll People do that, should guess, send but... in, send in who, send in someone who's not fucking, what's his name? Debay or whatever. Because I've listened to a three interviews with that guy and I just, I can't do it. Why? Just, he's too, he says stuff that I look at as being blatantly false as his argument and things that if he starts saying here, it's just going to devolve. Do you have an example? Because I've, I've been just staying right Not away off the from top this. Of my like... head. Just listen to him on <clears throat> THC. He's on THC once or twice. I'll send you a link and see what you think. But if there's someone besides him or someone that can kind of, you know, do a better job than just telling me I'm wrong when I, when you start talking about being able to see other planets or and I can't do that, it's all a hologram. I mean, we need to... 
that's where it gets tough, you know? Like, we need to be able to have a real discussion about it, not just say crazy shit. Like, there's no, nothing's going outside of orbit and, like, yeah. all that extreme like stuff. The like, the geocentric episode that we did. The principle. Yeah. They did a really good job of not making it fucking crazy. Find me that guy in the flat earth. Right. I mean, we kind of did with Crow. Yeah. A little bit. That was real captivating when it first came out. Fell off quick. Yeah, and okay, well, I'll do it if you want to do it, but I just I just don't have the interest in it because it just no, seems like, either. it seems like, I feel like it's one of these fake polarized things. <clears throat> like there's a bunch yeah, of people out I there just pushing it and it's a bunch of trolls. Some really. sort of weird psyop yeah, or someone's, kind of, someone's <clears throat> fucking with you guys. That's what I think. Yeah. Okay, well, I'll leave it to Samuel here to find us a guest. Right on. All right, I think buddy. that's about it, eh? We should ask for cash. Did we do that? A little bit. That was bit, in the outro of the last episode. Yeah, but please, please help the show. No ads, no sponsors, no portals, no, none of that stuff. No back catalog, no, no paywalls, no, no nothing. Yeah, but uh, it does cost monthly quite a bit. Especially in the winter. And it's good to have your donations. I really appreciate it. Yeah. Sign up for monthlies, right? We spend fucking a hundred bucks a month just on coffee. <laughs> Actually, you're probably right. Pretty close. Sixty, probably. Probably. probably I double. spend sixty on coffee. <laughs> That's right. And I pay for the heat. Beautiful thing. So hopefully by next week, Graham is back to one hundred percent of his former self, or better. Well, that biohacking, you still get sick. Ain't that a bitch? I know it's frustrating. It's fucking like, bullshit. Why bother? Hey, why bother? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I think? Instead of me actually getting through this pretty good, I would have been laid out flat. That's what I think. But I would have been better because now you're still fumbling your way through it, and I just slept for a couple of days, and now I feel great. No, it hasn't been long for me. It's, it's been since been last Friday. Five days, you went but, home early last no, Thursday. No, but the week on the weekend, I was fine for the most part. I mean, I've been playing hockey, like I'm doing stuff. Like I haven't been out. It just, it's coming it's in like waves. Half out. Coming in waves, yeah. I'd rather be 0% there for a couple no. days than 50% ground for a couple of weeks. <laughs> <laughs> That's a bad argument, though. Most people would. Um, so anyway, check out grimerica.ca slash support. Uh, please sign up for a monthly if you can. Um, or do a one-time donation, grab some swag, spam gram, send some stories. Uh, if you can't do any of that stuff just tell your friends about the show and that would be super fantastic give the gift to Grimerica for Christmas alright guys enjoy the chat with uh, Patrick
All right, so tonight we've got Patrick Jordan with us. Actually comes uh, recommended by some listeners. So we got in touch with Patrick and uh, finally got him on here. His website is Vaccine Fraud. We're going to get pretty deep into vaccines and uh, vaccines as a weapon. It's going to be deeper than we've ever gotten into this probably. So it might scare a few people. But he's written a, a ton of books here. A lot of it focused on on this type of thing. He he um, he basically calls it as I love the I love this term here. He's got a framework for it. Where where is it located here? A framework he calls the ongoing operation paperclip of the medical Manhattan project. Very interesting. He's got a bunch of books. Uh, ICD nine nine nine, the history and pathology of vaccination, uh, rise and fall of kingdom animalia, just to name a few. And his latest thing, we might be talking about continuum, basically how we're finding that everything's connected. So, yeah, that's about it. You're on the farm. We're talking on the landline. Hopefully we get no interruptions there. Welcome to the show, Patrick. Thank you, Graham. Hello, Darren. Hello, everybody. And yeah. I got to say, I'm really uh, pleased that you picked up on, uh, I'm trying to create memes, kind of like uh, Dr. Judy Wood, when she saw the building come <laughs> coming down and she said in physics there's no word for what happened for dustification so invented a word <laughs> dustification man that's right <laughs> yeah uh, no and that's and that's it makes sense right that's what actually that that alone that meme alone there patrick is what reinvigorated darren's little interest in 9-11 so hey darren that kind of got you back on the wagon judy well you weren't even really on it but i mean that really turned the table for you yeah, no, I'm not even sure how convinced I am about that, but I'm about the justification. Yeah, I kind of lost interest to be honest. But I, I mean, I'm all in on the uh, inside job aspect of it at right, this point. Right, just it's just you're you lost interest in the actual what happened until I can get some people on the show and do it properly. Instead of you know on YouTube, I just don't know what the fuck to trust. There's so much stuff out there, so I'm at the point that I want to get some. I've been trying, actively trying to get, uh, what's his name, Richard Gage. Huh. Well, this is what Patrick was just talking about before we started recording. And Patrick is the psyop of, uh, to get us to disbelieve everything. So see, it's working on, it's working on Darren already. Across the board. And hey, it's working on me. I love, and this will probably ruin the show. This is a, a show ruiner from the opening. I absolutely love the flat earth. So I like it absorb this stuff and I go, mm, I like that, hate that, like that, hate that. But then I look at like the globe earth stuff and I go, mm, that's, that's pretty plausible and that sucks. And what we have to do though, we have to use our own experience and discernment to sort out, not just, you know, Ooh, that felt good or Oh, that looked bad. Sort out this stuff, put it in little piles and see which one steams and stinks the worst. Yeah, that's a hard one though, because our perceptions are so clouded by our environment and our experience. That's the that's the tough one, you know. Like we, like Darren was saying about all these YouTube videos on nine eleven. Like there's so much there's so much disinformation out there now as well, and there's all this you know this fakery afoot that you don't know what to believe, what's real and what's not. And I'm holding back because I've got my own theory, and I don't, I, I don't want to preview it, and I don't want to muddy the waters on that. Okay, we'll, and, we'll have you, we'll have that ep- another show on that one. Okay, okay. <laughs> and so the, the 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 point being that there can be this is 
this is okay. Let's let's do this because another meme that I came up with all the way back in like 2008 is called the binary false choice. So what they do is they offer you, okay, do you want me to shoot you in the chest oh, yeah. or stab you in the back with a knife? It's your choice. Stab in the back. Or, thank you. <laughs> Both of them end in death. But see, and are you guys based in Canada? Yeah. Okay. Uh, and I've got friends all around the world, and the world is focused on the uh, dog and pony show of the uh, United States election. And what it amounted to, and everybody complained about, is, well, we only have to choose between Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton. And it's like, my God, you know, for 250-plus whatever years that America has been an active corporation, they have been given, giving the, 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 uh, the, the slaves, do you want A or B? And, of course, it's the shot in the chest or the knife in the back, but it's only the binary choice. And what we are required to do then is do what uh, Captain Jean-Luc Picard would always say, options. And they'd give him, like, two options, and he'd go, hmm, want another one. Yeah. We have to go beyond, beyond. And, and see, I, I'm, I'm sorry I, I get all manic in, in these uh, situations. There is a movie called The Island, and oh my God, these fully formed adult clones come out of these uh, synthetic bags, and they have to train them. And in the in their job training, they are given everything that they are wanted to know. And meaning what their their growers, what their masters wanted them to know but they were given nothing about what they needed to know. And we are currently in a time where we are all, and I'm, you know, I'm saying this inclusively, we are all actively seeking what it is we need to know as opposed to the commoner that's been uh, shoveled into our heads. Yeah, it's a couple of our past guests have been talking about that, uh, our, how we have, we've been given enemies as well, right? Like we're not, oh, yeah. we're not only given our heroes now, and our enemies. So we have, you know, we're given Snowden as a hero or Assange as a hero, and we're given Russia as an enemy, or we're given ISIS as an enemy. We don't even have a choice in who our heroes and enemies are anymore. And you don't know, you know, um, how deep those delusions go. And I'm laughing because I make a lot of uh, analogies using pop culture because it's predictive programming. Within the Stargate television series, there was animosity between the Russians and the Americans, but they were all using alien technology, and they were all in on the, the scam. <laughs> and what, what people don't realize is these are dynastic families. There are no countries. There are no races. This is all one big family, like you said, pitting people against each other as if, it's, as if they're avatars in a video game. And what just frustrates the holy hell out of me is, after all these thousands of years, nobody gets it. They're actually willing players in the game. Oh, yeah, you know, uh, fire me up and give me some more points and I'll go in and uh, fight the war for you. 
Yeah, and it's easier and easier now because we have so many distractions. You know, we have consumerism and full gear and all, all our technology and social media. So it, it seems like it's getting easier and easier. But then again, it, it might be backfiring in a bit as well because you do have the underdog winning in all kinds of, uh, you know, wars across the globe. Or not wars, but elections like Brexit and Trump and maybe now in France. So I don't know. But is that is that real or is that just uh, part of the plan? And that, that is an, an extremely uh, important question to consider because there are no coincidences. coincidences there aren't any of those. There are no coincidences or accidents in their master plan. There can be bumps along the way, mm-hmm. but they're like a, um, an icebreaker. They've got a destination, they've got a heading, and they are just plowing right through because there's no powers arraigned against them to stop them. And so although it looks random, I, I subscribe to the conspiracy theory of history. I, I, I don't see accidents anywhere. Maybe little, you know, little bumps. Maybe, you know, the, it gets stuck and they have to do a little backup and take a running hit at the, uh, at the ice flows again. But uh, they've pretty much been on a 5,000-year course that I, can, that I can determine. So is there anything that can be done to stop it, or is it just kind of... I mean, you'd think if, if there was going to be any unification of the people against it, now is the time. We're sort of in the wild, right. wild west days of information. Right, exactly. And so let's, let's just jump into this. I, I've been at this game since 2008, you know, in, in, the, in the public eye, writing books, studying as hard as I can to defeat the enemy. That, that is my stated purpose. I am here not to just chronicle the, the you know the horrors and go isn't that awful or be a, a fear porn star? I'm here to put an end to it. So what is it that I have determined? We've got several memes that we're fighting. Uh, the hundredth monkey. Um, uh, there's more of us than there are there are of them. Uh, winning hearts and minds. These are all. Uh, and there there's a, a branch called um, industrial psychology. These are all control mechanisms to get people to think that if someday in the future only the Democrats could get a hold of the Congress, then everything would be better. Or if we only had a Republican president, everything would be better. Everything's in the future. Everything is an outside savior. Everything is just, you know, it doesn't arise from the individual. Mm-hmm. It, it doesn't come from the person. And so well, I had to break this down and go, well, you know, if hearts and minds never worked, if the hundredth monkey never worked, there certainly are not more of us than there are of them, then what the hell is really going on? So you, th- my, my, go ahead. you think the hundredth monkey is, is, a, um, is a false meme then, like a false uh, hope? Uh, uh, Oh, don't get me started on hope. That's a four-letter word, man. I just just put some recent web pages up on the topic of hope. Yeah, I I absolutely despise. And let's let's talk about that. And see, I I jump around, but as as we develop this conversation, people will come into, okay, you know, I'm jumping around like the Mad Hatter, but they'll come into realization that there's not a single topic that we can open up it is not connected to every other topic, and that is a 
another meme, a concept that I call continuum. Everything is connected. So hope is a four-letter word, and the, the, the story is centered around Pandora and the box of the worst, grievous ills, diseases, woes, and demons that the, that the gods could pack into this uh, containment. And she opened the box and she let everything out except hope. So what we have to do from uh, deductive reasoning, because I, I think uh, Sherlock Holmes would talk about inductive and deductive reasoning, if we deduce that there were woes and ills and grieves and uh, grievances and uh, diseases and demons in the box, and hope was left. What does that make hope, man? It makes it a control mechanism. It makes it a parry. And in the um, uh, Arabian myths, a parry could be good or bad depending on what, what its mood was. Mm -hmm. But it was typically an evil demon. And it would mess with you. That's how it, it, it derived its joy. It would piss with you. And that's the way I view hope. It's pissing with people because people are hoping, well, if we only had the hundredth monkey for 5,000 freaking years, you're going to hope for that hundredth monkey? So what I had to do, guys, is I had to go back to my roots. My roots are in science and biology. I'm not degreed in anything. And by the way, I'm just a farm boy in the middle of Illinois. That, that's how I bill myself. That's, that's all I am. But I had to get to the bottom of it. And I study science. I love chemistry and biology. And I thought, now, wait a minute. There are parallels here to what we see going on in the political world, the social interactions, and the religions of the world to biology. So instead of a hundredth monkey, instead of hearts and minds, instead of numbers, you know, critical mass, there's more of us than the, the, there are of uh, them. What if what we were fighting, and th this, this transcends the spiritual realm, is something that you couldn't see, because you can't see a bacteria, you can't see a virus, with the naked eye. And the roots of this, gentlemen, is when I was looking into religions, which is something that I swore I would never do because I abandoned religion. And when I got into the vaccine thing, I saw vaccines were tied to politics. I saw politics was tied to religion. And then it's like, oh my God, I'm going to have to get back to the roots. And I'm digging through these ancient Babylonian texts. And in the texts, they had the names of demons that were diseases. I mean, it was an equivalency. And the names of diseases were the names of demons. And it's like, oh, my God, uh, th this, is, this is a one-to-one -one correspondence in these ancient uh, magical texts, texts. And they were used as curses. And these people actually subscribed to and they used this stuff 5,000 years ago. Well, if this was a paradigm, a, a, a model that I could cross-apply, 
then what is a demon, an evil spirit? Well, it's something that you can't see that influences a biological entity. What do we know that does that? And concurrently with this, and this is why I say there's continuum going on here. While I was looking into these ancient texts, I was also studying one of my favorite topics, which is bacteriophages. Bacteria what? Bacteria, well, it depends on whether you use um, uh, European vowel sounds. A phage, P-H-A-G-E. Yeah. Bacteriophage, bacteriophage. These are viruses that infect bacteria. Okay. Now, they can either kill the bacteria by replicating and splitting it open. And that was actually used in the early 1900s as medicine, by the way predominantly by the Russians, and then Eli Lilly bought up all the like uh, technology and patents to it and quietly put it away, and the United States used it as biological warfare. Isn't that interesting? Hmm. So a phage can actually kill bacteria or, and this is why it was so interesting to the Americans, it can make the bacteria toxigenic. So let's just say right now, Graham, Darren, and Pat are sitting in a room together, anywhere in the world. I don't think I want to be in this room. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. We are covered head to toe in bacteria. I don't care if it's diphtheria or strep or uh, tetanus or botulinum. We're covered in these bacteria, but we're not dead. And the reason is because it takes a specific phage to push those microorganisms into toxigenicity. Let's just call that making them evil so that they either hurt or kill us. So right now, you know, diphtheria, oh my God, you know, that's part of the DPT shot. And see, here's continuum. You need a vaccine for that. Really? Well, we got diphtheria in our throats and our, uh, you know, nasopharynx right now, and we ain't dead because we don't have the phages that make them into monsters. <clears throat> so that's when I started thinking, okay, well, if there is a monster in the making, what happened with uh, the movie The Exorcist? And I forget who the, the, the character was. You know, everybody knows Linda Blair. Mm -hmm. the, the, the character that she played was, let's just say, infected by an evil spirit and bad things happened. And so I, I revisited religion not to embrace it, but to completely rewrite it. And so that's where we find ourselves now. And this, this is, and I'm sorry it takes so long, but Darren, you know, I'm pretty sure you're the one that asked, you know, well, you know, what, what about the, the hundredth monkey? You know, will, is that possible? Will it work? And my answer is the memes are distractions. They're wrong. They can't work because their entire intent was to make us look in the wrong direction. <clears throat> if what is evil in the world has a biological, um, uh, and this is a medical phrase, etiology, causation, if evil is caused by something we've never been looking for, then the answer will never be found in politics, religion, or society. 
So are you, are you saying that a metaphysical force or influence could be the phage that, uh, that activates bacteria? Activates bacteria, activates mold. So here's another story. And I, I'm going to apologize if I have any old listeners listening to this broadcast and, you know, love the new listeners. So this is all new information to them. But these are old stories for me. I spent three years at the University of Illinois library system as a uh, courtesy patron. I, I was never a student, but I used their libraries. And I went into the biology library, which, by the way, was pretty moldy. And my head was swooning, and I was going through these books. And the books themselves are musty, and, you know, you're getting this waft of mold up your head, and you're starting to lose your mind. Uh, they call it brain fog, or in Britain they call it brain fag. I was pouring through this book. It was called um, Viral Taxonomy. And it was just flipping, 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 trying to keep conscious. And all of a sudden, I saw this word, mycophage. And it's like, oh, my God. This was like, and here, here we go with the continuum. This was the full circle of what I had been investigating. Now, a bacteriophage infects a bacteria and makes it toxigenic. A mycophage, which they renamed into mycoviruses, I assumed had to infect a fungus, a mold, a yeast, or, and you're going to love this, a mushroom, <clears throat> to make it toxigenic. And what did that do? That harmonized, this, this gave continuum to certain things like, well, a lot of religions are based on the um, uh, fly agaric, uh, Amanita muscaria. Yeah. The shamans eat it, and then everybody drinks their piss, and everybody gets high, and, oh, you get in touch with the gods. <laughs> well, what, what, is it, what, what do they call mushroom poisoning if you pulled out the Merck manual? It's called intoxication. But it is poisoning. Because why? Because it creates a toxin. So this, this mushroom, which, by the way, is called the perfect form of a fungi, because fungi can have a mycelial mat that runs through the, the, the soil that you never see, but then every once in a while it'll pop up a mushroom, and that's called the perfect form. Either form can be infected by these mycoviruses, and that is what provokes the toxigenicity, mm. and that is what affects the world around us. Uh, black mold was like a big thing in... Uh, Construction out here in the United States. Oh, you know, stacky botrys, black mold. You know, we got to tear the building down or remediate. These things affect us. They cause the disease. They cause death. But what was the prime moving factor? It was the damn virus. Hmm. So you know, then and you know, I, I'm ans I literally am, Graham and Darren. I'm answering your question in a long roundabout way. What about the hundredth monkey? What about more of us than there are them? What about hearts and minds? None of that matters if you aren't looking for, well, what makes human beings toxigenic against their own race? Because, see, that's what everybody writes to me about. I've been at this since 2008, and the most frequent question that I ever get, uh, like, begged 
to answer is, why are they doing this to us? Why would they treat the planet this way? And of course, my answer is, well, they ain't us. And if evil is has a component to it that actually pushes what would be a normal organism into toxigenicity and uh, destruction and death, then that's going to be my focus. Have you come across uh, toxoplasmosis at all in your work? When I was reading your, your website there, it sounded like a description of it, but I didn't hear or I didn't see you actually say that. <laughs> Toxoplasmosis is so fun, man. Um, continuum, uh, like it, it, it uh, well, as Spock would say, logic dictates that continuum would uh, require us to investigate just why toxoplasmosis might be at epidemic levels. Because like in France, I think these are CDC stats, in France, there's like 80% infection rate because they like to eat like meat like, when, when you cut it open that it's still bleeding. And that's one of the main sources. Of course, cat poo is what's getting like 80% of Americans. But then it's like, okay, why, why does everybody own a cat? Because yeah. it's been industrialized. Why? Because it gets a parasite in your brain. And so then you have to, and th this is where, you know, Darren says, I don't want to be in that room, man. It's like, I personally, I don't even want to have these thoughts in my head that the Operation Paperclip Medical Manhattan pro Project is so uh, far-reaching in its scope. It's so forward-thinking in, in, in its uh, uh planning and execution, that they actually industrialize the pet industry so that they can get things like toxoplasmosis, which is a single-celled parasite, into people below the threshold of their perceptions because these parasites, and it's, uh, they're, they're called zombie parasites, they actually take over the central nervous system of the host and make it do things that it normally wouldn't do. And see... Uh, Graham, what you just did is you asked the question that brought us full circle to, well, why do people act evil? Why are they destroying the planet? Yeah, that's because what I was getting at. There has to be something inside of them driving them to do it because, hey, you don't crap where you sleep. You don't urinate in your water. Well, I'm sorry. Some people do. That's actually a popular thing on the Internet. Um well, like if you could be virus, spirit, you could be spirit cooking or something like the that. The virus is just money, then. That's what it seems well, like to me. Okay, and see, that's and and without being argumentative, let's talk this through. Money, what is it? According to Aristotle, it has to be a method of trans transaction that is uh, value and time invariant. And all the monies of the world are nothing but commodities that are uh, valuated, devaluated, hyperinflated, and traded. And so they never meet that criteria. But money can't make you do something. Because there are kids, you know, probably in the ghettos of uh, Chicago that are surrounded by street gangs but never joined one. And there, there are others that that's the first thing that they did when they had the chance. 
So what is it that drives us? Now, money is an, is an inducement. Money is a vehicle. But money is not a virus of the biological order. Mm. And that's, that's what I want to emphasize here, Darren, is we can talk about a mind virus. And those exist and they exert influence. But it doesn't change people. It, the, the change has to come from within even if it's like a bug with inside. Do you think so? Oh, I see what I you're saying. You the could. change comes within biologically. Yeah, because uh, do you know much about Toxel, Darren? Have, have, do you remember us talking about that on the show? Yeah, but I would argue that money could probably change something inside you. I mean, if we can look at the, the little subtle nuances that can affect us or things like the observer effect and things like that, then why can't this love of money... Change somehow change something yeah. inside that yeah. you'll step on your own fucking grandmother's throat or, you know, to get your inheritance or you'll, you know, rip off old ladies or whatever the fuck people are doing for money. I mean, selling guns or starting wars or. And you see, I, I appreciate what you're saying. I just want to let's see if we can come to terms with this. Money is the vehicle for the. The, the the easy and voluminous way to create evil. Because left to oneself, it's hard for just one person to create evil. Because if you were in a balanced community, if somebody committed a crime, you'd kick their ass. Mm-hmm. And right now, supposedly, you know, we, we have law and order. That's the biggest joke on the planet. If you commit a crime, there are... Uh, military agencies with radios and guns that will hunt you down. And so, you know, the, there's, there's disincentive and there is, uh, a, a con- there's control mechanisms to buffer the, the, the ease of, of doing evil, but money can buy off the cops. Money can buy arms to uh, sell to third world countries you know, it, it, it's a vehicle, but it's the person. And so th- this is, yeah, I probably got it from uh, Walt Disney. The, the, uh, the angel on the right shoulder and the devil on the, the left shoulder. Mm-hmm. And they're telling the guy, you know, in, in each year to do something. But when all is said and done, it's the individual that accomplishes the action. But then what was that motive's force? What, what was the thing that drove them to do it? And right now the big push is to get everybody thinking about the microbiome. Yep. We have 10,000 different species of uh, uh, microbes living in and on us, and they actually outnumber our cells 10 to 1. Good God. Are you kidding me? I, I, I must weigh like five pounds then. So if that's true, if it is true, then we have to look at the work that DARPA has paid attention to, that uh, lacto, I think it's lactobacillus planarium. Hmm. I'm, 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 do, I'm winging it. I, I don't have my references up. They were looking to uh, use, and it, I, I have to say, I'm, I'm always choosing my words carefully, genetically modified versions of these because when they have an accession number, 
That means the government has claimed it and pissed on it, and they own it. You know, they got the gene sequence to it, and they start putting it in things like yogurt. Um, it can actually modify your serotonin levels. <clears throat> so we started looking into this, and I apologize because people will fact check me like as I'm speaking. Well, I am. It, it's lactobacillus, I think. Lactobacillus. Mm-hmm. They were doing research on it. Yeah, and if, if they get it into your system, it can produce more serotonin than it would normally if it wasn't GMO'd, and that has an effect on mood. It, it, it makes you calm. It probably makes you a good slave. But then as we were looking into it, and I've got uh, list members that help me out with research, we're looking into it and found that the, the statistics are that maybe up to, and this, this just shocked me, maybe up to 80% of the serotonin in the human body was not made endogenously, meaning the host didn't make it in their own cells. It was made by the bugs in their guts. And it's like, my God, you, you couple that and see, here's our, our, our problem with the PSYOP of disbelieving everything. The uh, mass shootings, like in the theaters and, uh, uh, you know, the, the, uh, the, the, the bombings all across the world, were they stage plays or were they real? And then they'll pull back and they'll do like a, um, uh, a profile on the supposed perpetrator. And they'll often say, oh, yeah, the person was on Ritalin or some mood-altering drug like a serotonin reuptake inhibitor. Mm-hmm. And so here we go back again to the hormones. You know, this is always the continuum. The dog is always tasting hair because it's biting its own tail. <laughs> well, if, if this stuff was true, then my God did the psychologist or psychiatrist that put these supposed shooters or bombers on these drugs that turned them into psychomaniac killers, did they actually create that problem with the drug because there was probably never a problem with the serotonin other than they had, the, they had dysbiosis, they had the wrong balance of microbes in their gut and the serotonin was off. Are you saying they created it metaphysically then? Like they, they, they created the reaction or the, the, um, the instigation of it? What I'm blaming would be if, okay, in, in, in Jordan's world, if there was an imbalance of gut bacteria and if a, real person that had emotional issues needed the serotonin and it wasn't there and a quote unquote doctor, because they're all licensed killers. If a doctor had prescribed a drug and if you read the PDR physician's desk reference, they will say in no uncertain terms on nearly all the drugs listed there, we don't know the mechanism of action, but so they're putting in these noxious, unknown chemicals into people that have a reaction, but they also have an equal and opposite reaction. Because if you look at side effects, and this was, uh, what was it? Robert Mendelssohn wrote Confessions of a Medical Heretic. He says, all you have to do is open up a book on prescription drugs and look at what it's used for. Then you look at the side effects, and they're nearly identical. Hmm. 
So, you know, you're supposed to give uh, SSRI to somebody that uh, um, is depressed or maybe suicidal, and you read the side effects, and it says can cause depression and suicidal tendencies. Some of them can even cause mania, and they, they hide this. This is a beautiful thing we found out about the um, controlled drugs. You know, I'm talking like morphine and yeah. the, the, the hard hitters. Um, it's called a paradoxical reaction. So if you put an, a little old lady, and we've seen this. I mean, my God, I mean, it's a, it's a tragedy, and these, these women ended up dead. Uh, if you put a little old lady that went to church every Sunday, never cursed, never cussed, never hated anybody on a benzodiazepine, she turns into a raving, raging maniac, and they call it a paradoxical reaction that unmasked an underlying psychosis. It's like, good God, all <laughs> they were doing was protecting their own drugs with uh, word magic. Hmm. So what about this microbiome thing then? Because, you know, now you hear about people doing fecal transplants is a huge thing and the, all the probiotics and, and balancing out your gut bacteria. Like how, so what's the... Fecal what? transplants? Is yeah. Thing? Oh, it's, yeah, it's huge now. Yeah. <laughs> wow. You didn't know that? <laughs> I could have gone the rest of my fucking life without knowing that. <laughs> Where do I, can I just drop off? Do they pay you? Uh, Will they pay me for my feces? You got to pay. No, you probably have to pay. I have yeah. to pay them to drop off my feces? Well, no, nobody wants your feces. How do you it has know? To be, how do you know? Because you have to be tested and have proper you bacteria and stuff like that. How do you know I don't? <laughs> You think I could get there and then sell it? <laughs> That's a good hey, question. Man. Well, he might know. Do you know, Patrick? I mean, how do you sell your shit like that? Yeah. Hey, man, I got some good shit. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I'm just laughing because there's a million directions we can go yeah. in this insanity. So, you know, the, the, the first thing that comes to mind is the, the old phrase, eat shit and die. And that's what they're doing, man. They're playing us. This is why, you know, when you look at the control structure, I don't care if you call them the Masons or the Jesuits or the uh, Illuminati or, you know, what the hell. It doesn't matter. They have a lethal sense of humor, and they're playing people because this is the problem with memes and fads. Nobody's looking beneath. They're not, nobody is saying. Why the hell is my biome completely disrupted that I have to eat somebody else's shit? They just go, hey, you know, can you give me some clean shit, man? So, so what we have to do is go, why? And how long has this been going on that the entire uh, ecology of the human digestive tract is so far out of whack that you have to even consider extreme insanity like we're talking about and i'm going to bring up darpa again these motherfuckers in the military industrial entertainment the congressional uh academic complex are engineering bugs at the gene level i mean to the point where uh i'm trying to the thomas jefferson university one and can we cuss on the show you bet one crazy motherfucker took one amino acid and changed it in rabies, and it went from uh, a low percentile of uh, 
crossing the blood-brain barrier infectivity to like 94 fucking percent by changing one damn amino acid. Wow. I mean, this is, this is the level that these monsters are working to. But nobody's asking these questions, gentlemen. It's like, why are my guts fucked up? Because if you do that, then you start digging. You just you don't go to a doctor and say, "Hey, can you give me some uh, uh, fecal material that you screened?" And uh, you know, we were laughing, and I said, "There's a million topics." So you you do go to a doctor, and there are donors. You you can select a donor, and they will screen the fecal material for infectious microbes. Well, what the hell does that mean? There's ten thousand species of microorganisms that PC live species. in and on the human body. <laughs> you know, what, what are they going to do? Five tests and say, oh, yeah, there, there wasn't enough E. coli to, you know, uh, be concerned about or you don't have, uh, you know, you don't have toxoplasmosis. Okay, that was two out of 10,000. So, you know, uh, the, 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 the very idea of eating other people's crap is one of those deep Illuminati jokes where you know they're laughing their asses off. Do you eat it? People, Do you have to eat it? No, 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 no. No, they stick it in your ass? <laughs> yeah, something like that. Yeah, you do not. It doesn't have to go You know, I bet you there's the, money the front. in coming up with a good applicator, a nice stress-free applicator. Stress-free. <laughs> Syringe, a feces syringe. Well, what do you mean? Why, how would there be money in that? There's lots of those already. Well, I think probably. if you fold over, like, I'm just thinking if you put it in, like, a balloon and, like, rolled the edge back so that you could grease up the balloon, stick it in, but then you have the one edge, so you just sort of slowly roll it back. I can't believe that's what you're thinking about. <laughs> you're like, how do I make money I, I can't, this? I, well, yeah, you should not be sticking other people's shit in your ass. And if you do, then I should this be is... making some greasing you for some cash because you're uh, you're an easy target. Clearly, a man, man after my own heart, right there. <laughs> Here I sit in the middle of farmland, you know, starving to death, and people are cashing in on uh, other people's poo. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. Okay, we did have a point we we're getting to, but you guys derailed me so much I can't even remember where we we're going, man. That'll happen. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, well, I think, if I had well, my soundboard, well, I'd play the train. Well, I mean, it was it was was it after the DARPA and the blood brain barrier uh, stuff? Oh, thank you. Oh my God, a, a, a man that knows uh, how to get the memory triggers going. Well, I've been I've been doing some research on the, all the national labs in the in the states. Speaking of DARPA and all this stuff, I mean, it, you know, the amount of money and and. Uh, and technology that's going on that people don't even realize that's just happening in our, like, that's a huge industry that's just sort of, sort of hovering in the black project on unacknowledged uh, special access program type stuff, you know? And it, this has been going on for uh, decades at least. Uh, 1930 is when they realized that phages could rewrite genes. Huh. So they've been at this since the 1930s, which means they've had that long to experiment and perfect their projects and, and do this. See, to a certain level, our enemy is like a very malicious child, the kind that would pull the wings off of flies and use a magnifying glass on uh, ants on the sidewalk. <laughs> they're, they're just mean motherfuckers. But they, they have like this really twisted sense of humor of, hey, shit, that was funny. Hey, try this. And so they just go tweaking things, and they're using literally 
the, the, the population of the planet as if it was their test bed to see in a stepwise fashion, if you do this, what happens? And with the advent of electronic medical uh, records, man, you don't even have to, you don't have to have a human being look at it anymore. Because I've, I've been close, uh, okay, so I'm sorry, there's so many thoughts in my head. At the University of Illinois, art imitated life that when they opened up the uh, supercomputing center, it was an homage, it was a middle finger to the world of, my name is the HAL 9000 computer. I was born at the University of Illinois in Urbana. Good God, the AI, which does exist. There is an artificial intelligence department at the University of Illinois and, you know, other campuses around the world, the military, you know, you name it. It's it's diffuse. The AI exists and no longer does any human being, because you and I don't know people smart enough to do this, can harvest these records, run algorithms on it, and make predictions based on the uh, data that's there. <laughs> and so what we're, what we're up against is a militarized but mechanized force that is stepwise uh, analyzing the human being and in, in full military fashion finding its weaknesses and strengths, and then exploiting them as weapons against what they consider to be their enemy or their tool or their toy. Hmm. So, and you think this is, this is more of a, a sort of an intentional conspiracy that goes way back as opposed to the new military industrial complex um, <clears throat> over the last like five or six decades? Okay. What if um, it is just the bacteria itself? <laughs> it just fucking man, came man. here on a rock one day and now it's us. <laughs> like that's affecting people. Like just like Toxo would affect like us and how we react. Like, cause yeah, apparently Toxo can change your fucking behavior, right? Like you could even be attracted to the same sex. Uh, if you're, if you have a certain blood type and you're infected with Toxo or, you know, you're, you're, uh, what is it that's attracted to the cat pee? The rat is attracted to the yeah. cat pee or whatever. I mean, it's so, so you, are you saying Darren that, that some sort of uh panspermia with, yeah. with a, with a Andromeda strain on it. Yeah. And yeah. now it's us because I don't know, maybe we taste better when we die. And now we're fighting ourselves. Like or we, it needs a planet. It needs the atmosphere to have whatever for it to really thrive. Uh, dude, you're writing my books. <laughs> right. Right. That's exactly it. So, and what I wanted to do then is take your question about money as a prime mover and just show it to be a tool instead. And you see, I'm, I'm not trying to discount your observations. I'm trying to see if we can get a different perspective on this. Money then becomes the tool, not the, not the mechanism of action. So if the bug makes people evil then evil people will use money mm -hmm. to evil uh, results. Hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. Bastards. And the, the, my, my uh, 
argument, and I, I don't want to say that, my, my premise for that position would be this. Money isn't real, man. These fuckers print it all day long, and they don't <laughs> care what its value is. So really, you know, except for, like, accruing points, because I, I, I liken this to a video game. You know, when you play a video game, you want to get points and kill the other guy and get from point A to point B. And that's called moving forward, by the way. And we can talk about that from a viral point of view. So within the video game format, the money is really just a point accrual process. And it really has no significance other than, hey, look, I got more points than you. Yeah, I could see that, but I, I also look at it as time. Like if I could invent something or come up with, you know, some way to make money doing this show or something like that, then I could have my time back. That's the that's that's the one thing I see as value in money is if I had a bunch of it, I wouldn't have to work five days a week anymore, and I could really just chase my passions. That that is the essence of what money distills down to. It is the blood, sweat, and tears of the human being. That's what money is. And therefore, it is value and time invariant. Because if you put in eight hours of work and you bartered for or exchanged for eight hours of equivalency, then you would have net time lost of zero. It would be a complete balance, but we don't have that. We got, and back in the days of Ben Bernanke, he says, yep, with a stroke of a pen, probably overnight, we could get rid of inflation. It's like, Jesus Christ, you got to be kidding me. Get rid of inflation then, damn you. Yeah. It's complete invention. So money is, is fake. Inflation is an invention, but our labor, our time, which is important to us, which is our lives, it's valued. That's that's what true money is. That's what wealth is. Yeah, it equals freedom in a lot of. If, if it's used smartly, it could equal freedom, Darren. Right? That's oh, right. okay. Uh, everybody, and you know, I, I, when I do this, I speak generally to all, all the listeners. Everybody, go to my PDF page and look at uh, "Silent Weapons for Quiet Wars" because it says equivocally in there that if people were smart enough to use and they, they called it, like, energy systems management. Where was that yeah. under? Which one was that under? Uh, uh, silent Weapons for Quiet Wars. No, what, uh, what uh, heading was oh, it under? Uh, uh, I think it's called Free PDFs. It's uh, one of my links that has okay. PDF in it. Did you happen and, to notice that the, uh, the new oh, yeah, scientist came out today that uh, the, the blood from human Teens can rejuvenate bodies and brains and old mice. And there's there's spirit cooking for you. There's spirit <laughs> cooking for you. <laughs> Was it a coincidence that that article just came out? Well, I just I pulled it up because I'd read it earlier today. I mean, we kind of. But that's what Patrick is saying. It's all like I know continuum, right? So okay, we're starting so... we're starting to crack into the Rothschilds little game here. <laughs> okay. <laughs> So, <laughs> what, 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 you know, what's the first thing that comes to mind when you, you, you hear about vampire. people consuming other people's blood? Vampire. Freaking vampires, man. <laughs> so we, we go back 5,000 years, 
to these texts that I w- w- was looking at. Yeah. Uh, you coming out of uh, Shumeria, you know, that, that, that's the proper way to pronounce it because, you know, S is not always S. It could be S-H or S-Z. So the ancient Shumerian texts talked about two different forms of vampires. And it's like, good God, you got to be kidding me. So ancient Babylonia was the birthplace of the vampires. And what do we do? Do, do we say um, science, science fiction, horror? Were they writing comic books? Were they pissing with us? Or <coughs> what you just said was that's modern vampirism that, oh, I know how we were going to tie this together because uh, Graham had asked me a question, well, how far back does this go? So, and this is when I was studying this work, and then I was studying the, the, the entire <laughs> Hebrew tradition, because pretty much there are three, four religions that arose out of what I call the Abrahamic traditions. So Abraham had three wives. Uh, well, let's, let's say this uh, in, in, in their terms. He had three children of three women. Hagar was the Egyptian princess that he was sent out of Egypt with, that she was considered a slave or a handmaiden, and that gave Ishmael. So there's your Arabs. That was the firstborn. That's why the Arabs hate the Jews, because he was firstborn. Uh, Abram, well, Abraham then, he changed his name, kicked uh, Ishmael and Hagar out into the desert to die. That should piss anybody off. And, well, that didn't work, so his next wife, his, his original wife was his, and it, it gets kind of dicey. It was either his uh, cousin or half-sister. He had um, Isaac, Isaac, with uh, um, Sarah, or Sarai. Mm-hmm. She changed her name, too. Okay, a lot, a lot of name changing going on. You know that the names were changed to protect the guilty, and so uh, Isaac gave rise to the Shemites, the what they call the Jews, which is a, a misnomer, and that's a whole another show. And then after Sarah Sarai had died, then he had children with uh, um, Keturah, and those were the Yafetites. The troglodytes, the cavemen, the Neanderthals, and all you have to do is take a look at Ben Bernanke again. I'm sorry to make these references to like all you know American stuff, but dude, if you want to see a, uh, a a Neanderthal, just start looking at these people in the news. So what you got is like these three internecine uh, conflicts going on of three. Uh, cousins fighting it out in, in a power play like the elves, the dwarves, and the men in the Lord of the Rings, and we happen to be the hobbits. We're the ones that are taking all the collateral damage while they're fighting it out on the world stage. And they're sending us on the damn quest, you know, get this ring, get this ring to the mountain, man. It's like, yeah, okay, whatever. And so what I had to do is, you know, I was looking into these uh, uh, um, Hebraic religions. So you've got, and this is why I had set this up, you've got Islam for the the Arabs, you've got uh, 
uh, Judaism for the uh, uh, Shemites, mm-hmm. and you've got um, pretty much Christianity, Roman Catholicism for the Ophetites, then there is the direct tie to the Tao cult of uh, Hinduism that is tied through these Shemitic lines. So you've got four major world religions that are sell- selling the same pig with different lipstick to every, all comers. It's like, hey, hey, you want a religion? You can call it your own. Just slather on, you know, some uh, chartreuse on its lips and send it on its way. <laughs> so I'm looking at this shit, and I have to figure out what was going on with the, Abraham's half-sister, her cousin, or whatever the hell she was. And it turns out that she was bloodline. And, you know, everybody talks about the uh, mitochondrial DNA being passed down through the maternal uh, bloodline. Well, from all intents and purposes, this woman had the skill to extract herself from the Egyptian court using ergot toxin. Hmm. It's called St. Anthony's Fire. She got the entire court, the, you know, the royal court of Egypt laid low with ergot poisoning. And I thought, good God, ergot is, it's the favorite fungus of witches. And to tie this all together just recently, I was just thumbing, randomly thumbing through uh, Salman Rushdie's uh, Satanic Verses. And my thumb stopped, and I looked at the the entry on the page, and it said, Hagar was not a witch. It's like, oh my God, (laughs) what does that mean? And I'm I'm dying to write to, to Rushdie and find out what he meant by that. But what I took it to mean is, well, if she wasn't, then who was? And Sarai, she had the pharmacological knowledge to use herbs to extract herself from a political situation and get herself the hell out of Egypt. And they sent with them cattle and oxen and, and uh, sheep and goats. And here, take some gold and uh, take, take Hagar, you know, my, my, my princess, and get the hell out of here. You know, that's power, man. That's, that's the power of black magic. And, and it now, starts from that far back? 4,010 years ago. Mm. To answer your question, and I apologize to you and all your listeners that it took me half an hour to get there. No, 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 it's all good. 4,010 years ago, we got continuum with what? What makes ergot, which is a, uh, a, a purplish-black fungus that infects... Um, rye, so the, the, the grain, rye, and barley, and quite a number of other grasses, what makes it such a powerful hallucinogenic toxin? Because you, you can derive LSD from uh, ergot. What? The damn, the damn virus, man. <laughs> it had to have been infected by a virus to make it toxigenic to affect an entire population, to affect history. Because, you know, if, if you're going to accept the Bible at face value, which I don't, you know, I, I, I cherry pick. I, I take what I like. I take what feels good. Sarai was able to use toxigenic mold that was the favorite, uh, like, plant pet of witches to create a political, uh, in the, the Hegelian dialectic of... You know, if you don't let us go, uh, 
uh, we're going to make your life hell. Hmm. So let's <clears throat> let's try to connect that through the continuum to uh, to how vaccines started getting created as a weapon, because I think we should probably try and head there before um, <clears throat> too much time goes by, because that's your kind of your specialty. And I, I do want to the listeners to realize, uh, you know, like it, it's going to sound pretty deep and, and the conspiracy is pretty dark, but you do have some documents and you've uncovered some, you know, some stuff that uh, definitely points it in that direction, right? That ties into why pot's illegal. Uh, yeah, probably. <laughs> Take me there. <laughs> yeah, why does it tie into pot being legal? Because it takes you off the pharmaceuticals. The Maybe earth, it's the, the cure. Ergot? All of it. All of it. Pot is a cure-all? Yeah. Pot was... Different strains for different pains. <laughs> <laughs> See, let, 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 let me be the dark cloud here so that everybody, everybody can hate me. I, I like to be equal opportunity hated. Okay, pot may have been a cure-all, cause, and, and I, I put this in some of my books, so I'm not like scooping anything. I, I like to hold little bits back. But in the ancient Chinese pharmacopoeia, it was called like a gift from heaven. And they would use it for like really absurd diseases. I mean, things that you wouldn't even think of in our modern uh, pharmaceutical approach. And so what I'm saying is that in the 1980s, the U.S. government was growing uh, cannabis trees. And I'm not, you know, I'm talking 20 to 30 feet foot tall trees in Hawaii, in, you know, fenced in with barbed wire and guards. They, they were actually hybridizing this shit. And so, you know, with uh, concerns like Monsanto and, um, oh, they, they've all melded, so it doesn't even matter to, to name them all. You know, the, the uh, agricultural seed and genetic modification companies, no doubt the reason that uh, cannabis has been released on the market Colorado and uh, California, et cetera, is because they've tweaked it. They've modified it, just like the bugs, that, you know, the microorganisms. It's no longer what it was like 4,000 years ago when the Chinese were writing their uh, uh, herb books. Yeah, but how do you tweak all that, though? Like, that's the... That's so hard. Well, how to... long, you know, this is what I'm saying, man. This is what I'm saying. And it, it, it's, you asked the right question. Well, how long has this been going on? And what I said was that Sarai, being a witch, uh, in, in witchcraft, black magic, you focus on uh, minerals. You know, it's, it's called stones, herbs, and, and animal and beasts. So your animals would be things like, you know, uh, throw a throw a newt in, in, in the uh, cauldron. And, hey, you know, there's, there's deadly toxins in uh, certain amphibians. Uh, you know, you can distill hormones out of uh, animal tissue. You know, all these things have influence on the physical world. Uh, stones, we can translate that to minerals. Let's, let's get into minerals. What is a, a mineral? Well, you can have uh, cinnabar, and cinnabar yields mercury, and mercury is put in vaccines. Oh, here we go with continuum. It's all connected. But connected to what? Alchemy, 
black magic, witchcraft. And then the other one was herbs, and we, we, we covered ergot as, you know, just one highlight of that. And what they were doing, guys, is they were using this stuff like 4,000 years ago, pretty much in, in my estimation, as a hit and miss. They observed nature, they knew how it worked, and they just mimicked it. But these days, and I, see, I'd, I'd lived and worked on the farm from my early teenage years. Then I went into industry. So I've been in high tech. I, I've got feet in, in, in both worlds. The only difference in the witchcraft today is they're instead of wearing black robes and pointy hats, they're wearing white robes and they're in clean room suits and running computers. That's the only freaking difference. And so nothing now, after they cr- crack the genome, nothing is immune to modification. So you think that in these government experiments with these huge tall pot plants, they've started modifying it or, or splicing it or, 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 you know, doing what they want to it so that then it would spread to everybody and then they start legalizing it? That, that is my premise. And see, I, I don't advocate the use of, uh, um, shall we say, uh, altered state uh, inducing substances. But what I do is I look at history, and throughout history, nearly every culture has used them. Yeah. And if they do have benefit, then when I'm looking at what I know to be Operation Paperclip of the Medical Manhattan Project, I just assume, and I, I, I feel uh, completely at ease assuming that they will have their hands in it and they will have fucked it up royally because when you look at the uh, uh, pharmacopoeia of ancient China, they said it was a gift from heaven. Well, how do you go from a gift to heaven, from, from heaven to something you can buy off the street corner that the government now licenses and controls? They had to have pissed with it. Hmm. Hmm. Uh, yeah, because I always just look at it as, as you know, we finally just made enough noise. Enough, there, <laughs> you know. Like I think, I, I, I think. Well, maybe I just like to think that the inter- internet kind of took the top off of some sort of, you know, bogus war on drugs, kind of. Or? Yeah, or not even just that. Just some sort of like, you know, metaphorical bottle jar that can never come. Almost like a Pandora's box. Maybe in the opposite direction. Oh, I see. Or maybe it's worse. Maybe that makes it worse. Because I do feel like the fucking Wild West days of the internet are going to come to an end. And it's going to be super controlled. And we won't exist. We as as in a podcast? And and, and Patrick as in his thing? Yeah. Unless people support the show now. Say it again. I'm sorry. I said unless people support the show now. So we can start defending, <laughs> now, now, now. defending against this. <laughs> I'm getting 404s and, and warnings that uh, certain websites that have critical information that I'm seeking are, you know, have malicious code if you visit these websites. So that that uh, censorship is it's already in play, right? Yeah, yeah. Wow. So, so, and, so, you know, cannabis in its ancient beginnings 
was used just like every other damn plant on the planet. My God, another favorite witch's uh, plant was digitalis. They used it in their uh, uh, potion making. And a medical doctor found out that somebody that had used a witch's potion that had digitalis in it, their heart got better. So he found out what the formula was, determined that it was the foxglove, and then he teased out, and this is the problem with uh, modern medicine, is he teased out the digitoxin, one single uh, chemical out of the, the, the entire symphoria of chemistry that comes in that plant. The witches just threw it in the kettle and stirred it up. The, 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 the modern doctors, they teased out that one single chemical, and then they give it to heart patients. But see, it doesn't cure your heart. It just uh, keeps the it keeps the demon at bay. I guess when you break it down like that, that is uh, like people say. You know, it it isn't just pot. Almost every probably most of these pharmaceuticals are plant based, plant based or chemical based. Well, see, it, synthesis and chemistry has to have a starting point. And the easiest starting point is from the natural world, whether it is oil, like petroleum, or plant-based chemistry. So like if you wanted to create a hormone, you could start with a uh, precursor from plants and then build it up synthetically. Some other chemicals are just made from simple things. And here's, here's a plant-based starter chemical, ethanol. So you take corn, you throw some yeast in it, you make up a brew, you take the ethanol off, and what do you use the ethanol for? Well, you can put it in your car to, to burn this fuel, or you can use it as like a starter chemical on which to build the scaffold, and you can build like really uh, complex molecules just from that starter chemical. Well, you could drink it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think you go blind. Yeah, you, can, you can drink ethanol. <laughs> yeah, ethanol is the one you can drink. And okay, well, let's do that because, you know, we're, we're just, I ramble. You guys can reel me in if you want to, but this is the continuum of it. You can drink talk. ethanol? Ethanol is what you do drink. It's what I use as a disinfectant because, like I said, I, 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 don't, I don't personally induce altered states. Will it, but I, will I, it, I use it alter your stuff. state if you drink enough of it? <laughs> you can pass out. Because I think you get that stuff for like two bucks a gallon down in Brazil. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to lose. Okay, so we got to go to Holder Clark. Okay, so Holder Clark said, if you want a good case of parasites, just use isopropyl alcohol. But you look at anything, anything in modern medicine that has a disinfectant in it or just as like an, an extra ingredient, and it's isopropyl alcohol. Now, you could have, the, the, the people in industry could have used ethanol. It's an equivalent. It's actually better because it doesn't hurt you. They could have put ethanol in everything from, like, uh, you know, personal care body products to uh, disinfectants and whatever, but they always made up this fucking lie that, well, you know, there's a lot of drunks out there and if we just put ethanol in everything, then drunks would, like, drink cologne. So we have to put in isopropyl alcohol so they won't drink it. 
it's called denaturing when you you can buy denatured alcohol in the uh, uh, in, in in Britain they call it the chemist shop. Uh, it, you go to the oh no well no no sorry that's not the chemist shop the the hardware store. You, you go to the hardware store you get a can of denatured alcohol. Well, what that is is it might have ethanol in it, but then they put benzene, which will destroy your genes and a whole host of other chemicals so that drunks won't drink it. It's like, good God, if a drunk wants to get drunk, he's going to get drunk, man. It doesn't matter whether he goes to the hardware store or not. <laughs> so this is all about parasites. So here we go full circle. Hold a quark said, you want a good ca- case of parasites? Get some uh, isopropyl alcohol in you. Rubbing alcohol, uh, perfume, cologne, body care products, it's in every fucking thing on the shelf. And so when, when you guys are asking me, well, you know, how far back does this conspiracy go? How deep does it go? I had an, a spiritual experience oh. in the library of uh, uh, the biology library at the University of Illinois. I was going through electronic records. It was um, a, a periodical database. And I was looking for one particular uh, reference that I, I, I was hunting for. And I tripped over this thing, and it's like, this is the most obscure cell function uh, experiment that I have ever seen. It was just, it was, it was so uh, simple, because in cells there are a lot of complex uh, mechanisms that go on. This was just a simple function in a cell. It was funded by the Rockefeller Institute. It, in order to be um, funded, you must publish. And so there's a trick in universities where if you, as a university, you create your own imprint and you publish one, now listen to me, one fucking magazine with your article in it, you're considered published. So I'm not kidding you. I'm going through these electronic records and I see this obscure cell metabolic process being described in detail in a publication of one funded by the Rockefellers. And that's when I came to the realization of, my God, it's the medical Manhattan Project because it's need to know. Here is like the most innate, inane investigation in the world and people got paid to do it and nobody questioned why they did it, because there had been an Oppenheimer somewhere out there that knew exactly why they needed to know that and what little piece of uh, uh, puzzle that it dovetailed into, because they're building this big motherfucking machine that controls us and the world at such a... Uh, Detail level? Oh, my God. It's, it's just beyond our comprehension is maybe is that's the internet what I'm say it again maybe that's the internet the internet is the ai and it's studying us as we study it so so what was the uh revelation of this cell and the uh the simple function oh. of it like what was the study and, and, and it doesn't matter because it was so it was so simple and so so off the major avenue, and why I say that is it had no commercial value. See, none of these motherfuckers, if you're going to follow the money angle, none of these motherfuckers do anything 
unless they get a profit from it. Oh, we, we, we can't de- develop a drug for this rare disease that only three people have because it costs a million dollars and, you know, we just can't afford to do it. You know, here, have an aspirin. So it wasn't about the outcome of the experiment. It was about the simplicity of it and how it was funded by the well, Rockefellers. It, the, the, the simplicity indicated that it had no commercial yeah, value, yeah, yeah. but it had to have had integrative value. Yeah. They had to have taken this simple little thing that they needed to put into the whole because what they're trying to do, um, let, let's, let's look at the matrix, man. Uh, the matrix is real at the cellular level. Everything is now being dictated and controlled by the modifications that they did to us. And then here's your full circle right now by vaccines. Because how the hell else are they going to manipulate an entire planet and get us as fucked up as we are? Where, okay, let's, let's, and because you, you had said that you wanted to maybe even uh, address the idea of food. Yeah, well, one, yeah. of the, one of the big things is. Uh, magnesium. Everybody's low on magnesium. Oh, we got magnesium deficiency. So what do you do? You go out and you buy magnesium. Well, shit, that didn't work. It was magnesium oxide and gave you diarrhea. Uh, well, hit the internet again. Oh, I see people are using magnesium citrate. Well, that still gives you diarrhea, but it works a little bit better, so I'll use that. Well, shit, that didn't work. Um, uh, I, I took it for, you know, like six months and it didn't get me any cellular uh, uh, magnesium. Uh, oh, look, magnesium glycinate with a patented process to chelate it. Oh, I'll take that. Oh, okay, well, my magnesium levels finally went up. And it's like, good God, people have been taking in magnesium from fucking rocks in their water. You know, it's called total dissolved solids for millennia. And they never had magnesium deficiencies. Nobody's asking why do I have to have a patented glycinated mineral to get in my goddamn cells because it won't get there by itself. Nobody's asking that question. And my answer will always be vaccines, man. Hey, I drink mineralized water, not mineralized, just mineral, mineral water. That's the way it had worked since the dawn of mankind. So what changed the vaccines? I think they get it from a little, uh, Someplace out in the mountains here. Did you know Nestle set up a fucking factory to gobble up the water right before it gets to the Great Lakes? Yeah, I know. Crazy, eh? So there's a there's a stream out outside of Canmore that you can go, like it's a and people park the car and they get their water jugs and they walk up about uh fifty yards into the river and it's coming down through the mountains and they all fill up their drugs. And that's where they get their natural spring water from. It's about an hour from uh, forty five minutes from us. And see, I'm fine with that. Let me, let me issue just because, you know, my background is biology. Let me issue just a, a tiny little caution there. Chemtrails? Water. <laughs> Say it again. Chemtrails? Oh, wait, there, there's a thought, too. <laughs> uh, groundwater can have uh, contaminants like cryptosporidium, an, another parasite. So if, if I was going to drink spring water, because I have well water and I use a one micron filter. Mm-hmm. One, one micron will keep out most uh, bacteria and nearly all parasites. So I would filter it with at, at least uh, a one micron filter just, just to be healthy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, that's good to know. Yeah. So where were we again, Darren? Vaccines. You... <clears throat> right, the vaccines, yeah. 
So you think that that's why we're deficient? Oh, and see, let's let's talk about this because we are in a world now of fact checks, and I was on a show where they were fact checking me as I was speaking, and it gets to be daunting. So back in 2008, it would take like a week to prepare for a show, and I had <laughs> references, and you know, I would make quotes. And after a while, it's like, gee, even if I pull wild hair out of my ass, I'm generally right 90% of the time. So I really don't care about references. But I will tell you this with absolute certainty, because I've got 15 <clears throat> books out there. Yeah, and there's lots of free PDFs on your website as well. I mean, you've got yeah, a ton of it. Vaccines cause all the damage. And we can prove it. And it's proven in my books. My, like my later books, it, it starts with uh, human beings, uh, same pig, different lipstick, doof of the dogs, and doof is food spelled backwards. And then it, it, it goes on with a couple heavy hitter books that we don't even need to talk about. Like, like, like one, two, three, dead? <laughs> oh, that, that that's... Um, uh, that's actually uh, a, a chapter in one of, one of my earlier books that I adapted to my website. I want people to know what I'm about, like in in a soundbite. And a soundbite for me went from like five pages to three pages. So I'm getting better. <laughs> so I put a lot of stuff on my website, so you can get get an idea of what the world has done to us. Because see, there was a a martial arts grandmaster, and the guy was phenomenal, and he wanted to see, cause, you know, all these Chop Saki movies, there's the guy with the blindfold on, and he fights off, like, you know, three attackers. He says, he had some of the students attack him with the blindfold on, and he got his ass kicked. And the phrase was, because he couldn't see it coming. Now, this is a guy that can literally kill people with a touch. So he couldn't see him coming, they kicked his ass. Well, if we don't know as, as a species what's coming, that's why I put a ton of stuff on my website to give like the overview of what has happened, what is happening, and what might happen. Then we can all work together to protect ourselves because, like I said, people are fact-checking me in real time. Well, if they're looking for facts, they might find things that I've never seen. You know, we've got to be all engaged in this work. And so I can tell you equivocally that vaccines cause nearly every single disease in the modern world. Is uh, do for the dogs a uh, play on food of the gods? Like, <laughs> it is, my friend. That's exactly it. I thought so. So... And which vaccines are we talking about here? Are we talking about the well, the ones that we get, like the, well, the measles, the mumps, and rubella I've one? Right I've made the right decision. Or are you talking about just the like the new ones or all the vaccines? We're going all the way back. So I, I think it was uh, 1600 BC. The founder of Ayurvedic medicine. And everybody goes, ooh, Indian Ayurvedic medicine, that's some good stuff. He was doing inoculations, man. 1600 BC, that was before Jenner in 1790 AD. But even before that, let's, let's jump back. 700 AD, 
So a thousand years before Jenner, the Taoists were taking smallpox scabs and sticking them up their nose like snuff. So this, this shit, this ingrafting of disease has been going on for millennia, but it reached its apex in post-1790 when Jenner, who was reported to be not only a Jesuit but also a Freemason, he got into the mix. They pushed him into preeminence because he was just a dumb shit. He was just a dumb shit country doctor, and all of a sudden he's like ruler, ruler of the world, and everybody's following his work. And oh, everybody within the sound of my voice has to read Fast Eddie Jenner on my website. I, I really don't want to recap it here because I, I think it's funnier than hell, and it's sad as hell too, you know, when, when, when you understand the content. Jenner industrialized what they called back in his day the ingrafting of bestial disease. <laughs> so whereas we used to have human disease and maybe some zoonoses where uh, an animal disease like, you know, toxoplasmosis from cat shit or eating raw steak would transfer to the human being, that, that was the scope of our uh, exposures. Now... They were taking everything. There were guys that were like bioprospecting pus from herd of sheep and go, gee, I wonder what would happen if you, uh, you know, scrape this into a couple dozen babies. And they did it. And they go, well, that worked. Worked for what? You know, there had to have been an agenda to the pollution of the entire genome of mankind because you cannot put nucleic acid material directly into the bloodstream of the human body and not have it dramatically affect the host. Can't happen. So this so, is uh, where this question, is where all our modern diseases are coming from, why we're dying from all these different things and cancer oh, and heart disease and MS and all this stuff. Cancer. Can we talk about Henrietta Lacks' cervix, please? Sure. So... Uh, so, you know, I'm taking you back to 1790, yeah. and that's Jenner, and he's scraping in pus from the genitals of animals into little babies and going, oh, that worked. You know, half of the kids are dying. Uh, in, entire villages would come out with, like, smallpox or other kind of diseases, and they'd go, oh, well, that was an accident. 1790. So let's flash forward to the 1950s and the polio pandemic because there was no polio epidemic. It was just complete, total um, media circus. What did they do? They took foreskins of humans and primates. They took kidney cells of humans and primates. They took lung cells of aborted babies, and they took Henrietta Lacks's uh, cancerous cervix, and they said, hmm, we need a tissue culture to grow polio in so that we can shoot it into people. Let's take these cancer cells that have been growing continuously 
the, the culture because you know they, they will harvest cells and they will feed them in in, um, in in flasks and keep them going. These cells, cancer cells, have been going since the 1950s. It's called an immortal cell line. And when I saw the the movie series uh, Species, I can't get it out of my head. The same way that that alien replicates is exactly what Henrietta Lacks's cervical cancer cells does when it's in a laboratory. They were saying that through cross-contamination, these cells were taking over other tissue cultures in the lab, just as if it was like a sci-fi movie with an alien. <clears throat> now think about that. These goddamn pollutions are being shot into every man, woman, and child, and Bruce Jenner in between since the 1950s. It is cancer from a black woman's cervix. That's called xenograft. And it is cancerous, and it is aggressive, and it is the carrier vehicle for a virus. Why in the name of sanity would anybody allow anybody else to do that to them? And the, the, the CDC, for a short time, actually had a web page, and a bunch of us captured it. And I'm not quite sure if you can get it on the Wayback Machine. You know, that's the Internet Archive. They had a page where they said, yeah, there, there was a, a, a time frame there where uh, 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 SV40 was detected in uh, um, polio vaccines. And so it, the, the number was like, let's just say uh, 30 million people in America were at risk. But since, you know, SV40... It's called simian virus number 40. It's basically a monkey virus, and we don't think that it poses any threat for humans, but, you know, we just want to let know people that it was out there. And then all of a sudden they took the page down, kind of like it was a, a, a notice of their crime. They put it out there, let people notice it, and then took it down. Oh, you can't see that anymore. <sighs> but what does that mean? Whether or not the CDC admitted it, whether or not... Uh, they make a disclaimer that, oh, it was a monkey cancer virus. They were still using human cancer virus cells, injecting it into people. And what is the number one killer in North America? Well, it, it, it goes between heart disease and cancer. And you're going to tell me since the 1950s that cancer was not injected into people, and that's not what we're seeing. That, that's the, the hubris of that is, well, it wasn't the vaccine. Good God, you're shooting fucking cancer into people. <sighs> and a heart disease, if you really want to understand heart disease, the, you know, the, the number one, number two killer in North America, my book, ICD-999, Leaky Lays gut. the entire thing out for you. Is it leaky gut? That was vaccines. Oh. <clears throat> That's vaccines too. Yeah. No, no, vaccines cause all all the stuff. Not leaky. Well, do, do, is leaky gut and vaccines related at all? Oh my god. <laughs> okay. <laughs> 
when when because the the subtitle of ICD nine 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 vaccine induced diseases the serum sickness postulate serum sickness is a thing that I discovered because my mother had kidney disease and I wanted to figure out where in the hell did she get this from so I cracked open the sixteenth or wait no wait it, it it's 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 more illuminati than that I think it's the thirteenth edition of the Merck medical manual and I'm looking up serum sickness because that that is one of the causes of glomerulonephritis it's kind of kidney disease so i'm looking up serum sickness and the merck manual says and this is one of those dumbass deflections if you believe it then you're a dumbass it says uh serum sickness is uh um uh, caused experimentally in animals by ba- vaccines but it's not expected to uh do the same thing in human beings it's like <laughs> you gotta be fucking kidding me man and that was like in the year 2000, and that set the course of my life right there. A single word, serum sickness. And so serum sickness is a provoked condition caused by the vaccines that can lead to, I would say conservatively, at least, at a bare minimum, 70% of the disease uh, uh, presentations that we see, including leaky gut. Because what it does is it, it sets the, um, uh, the immune system in a, a hyperactive state. It will embed uh, what are called circulating immune complexes into tissue. And if that tissue has those uh, uh, antibody-antigen uh, pairs stuck in them, then the immune system will say, oh, shit, i got to get rid of that and it'll shoot an oxidative burst at it with a, with a white blood cell. And so when a doctor looks at that, they go, well, that's a um, posse immune uh, um, condition, meaning it, there, there, there was no infectious agent at work. Well, hell no. There wasn't like a bacteria or a virus. It was the, the body's own like defenses reacting to the goddamn vaccine embedding foreign material in the body and the body says, gee, I've got to get that foreign material out and it starts sandblasting. So that serum sickness, does that happen um, right away? Like you said, it was uh, instigated right away. Now there's also, you also talk about um, this, this stuff that can sit in us forever. So we've all got this vaccine stuff in us still and uh, can be activated or triggered at some later point in time as well. And that would that that's not considered serum sickness, right? Or or, or is that how, how you're defining it? Okay, serum sickness is, and I, I love this word, that this is a, a, an ancient description of it. Serum sickness is the collision of an antibody and an antigen. So the antigen is the foreign thing against life antigen. The antibody is what the... Uh, immune system uh, responds with to bind to it so that it can be taken out like garbage. But if that those complexes get out of control and get embedded into tissue, then the body says, ooh, shit, you know, target that, get rid of it, and it starts to attack itself. Gentlemen, that's called autoimmunity. Yeah. And so you will also find, and this is, you know, why I'm always laughing and I'm always taking like the long way around to answer a question. 
leaky gut has also been attributed to autoimmune conditions. And they go, well, you know, it could be celiac disease. It could be Crohn's, um, Crohn's gluten sensitivity and this and that and other thing and autoimmunity. And it's like, well, and also, and also, you could probably have a DARPA bug like um, uh, Vibrio, the, the thing that creates cholera that puts off a toxin that opens up the tight junctions in the cells and lets things leak through where it shouldn't, you know? So, and this is there within continuum, you know, we can tie one topic to the next, but the other thing that I try to impress on people is it's never only just one thing. It's not going to be just serum sickness. It's not going to be just that, you know, DARPA created a, a, a cholera that it released you know, and don't go swimming in, in Florida. It's going to be like everything all the time, including what you just said, where if they shoot these vaccines into us and they become depoted in tissue, they, they can be stored in uh, uh, fascia, in muscle, you know, they're, they're shooting right through your damn arm, in lymph system, and it can sit there. It's like a, a time bomb. And all it needs to do next is be mobilized. And I've got to tell you, I, I, I've done some experiments on myself at injection sites, and you can actually mobilize injections that you had like 30 years ago that were still there in your arm. <clears throat> How do you do that? Oh, and that, that, that's one of the things that I hold out on. I, I, I like to create a little bit of uh, uh, suspense. And inquiry, because I, I do do cult consults. That's another thing. I, I am not a doctor. I can't give medical advice. I simply report what it is that I have learned and what I do for myself. But I like to hold out a little bit of intrigue for people to come to me and go, okay, now what about this? So even though I had, I, I probably had shots when I was young, like everybody did when they were my age, but having, I don't have flu, I don't get flu shots or anything like that. I mean, I haven't had one in a while, but I'm still at risk, obviously, but I guess your advice for people would be just not to get any shots, right? Darren, did you, you, you were going to say that. I got that shots it, in high school too. And what about your kids? You, you didn't. Uh, they got no shots. They got no shots? Oh, bless you, my son. Yeah. That's excellent. Yeah. Because what it does, let's think about this going all the way back to 50s. Let's, let's, let's put the tail of that dog in its mouth and make him taste hair. In the 1950s, what those crazy motherfuckers did is they rewrote the genome of our parents. Because you can't put a black woman's cervix into every man, woman, and child on the planet and not have it change them fundamentally. You're putting in DNA. You're putting in RNA of a foreign person that's like it's like getting an organ transplant and that is what it's called it's called a xenograft and that's why we're seeing such rampant uh, um, autoimmunity our bodies are going good god that's not me what the hell is that herbert take that out <laughs> and our bodies are attacking our own host cells because it's recognizing that the host cells are compromised we aren't us anymore. And that started at least, you know, in, in an industrial fashion, in a military fashion, at least since the 1950s, 
where retroviruses were the order of the day. Now, a retrovirus is not a virus that, like, circulates around, you get it up your nose, and it causes uh, trouble, and then you get over it in seven days. A retrovirus gets into the cell and actually incorporates itself into your own DNA. It becomes you. So when I say they've rewritten us, they've done this since the 50s, and we ain't who we used to be. And then that gets passed down through the germ cells to every successive generation. So the only way to avoid this rewrite is to never, ever let anybody put anything into your body. Huh. So can you, can you get back to some, some of the evidence for people that can't, that having a hard time digesting, uh, pardon the pun, digesting this, uh, the sort of the deeper part of this conspiracy, Shouldn't right? You have to point it out. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So, because you, you talk about uh, the memos and some of the. Uh, oh, the good God. Oh, fuck. Oh, shit, man. Yeah, see, I, I, I've been doing this so long, and, you know, after, after the 15th book, I took a break and I just started doing farm work. It, it, was, it was glorious because I was just doing grunt labor and I didn't have to think. I've actually forgotten half of what I wrote, you know, after the 15th book. Well,. The WHO memos, that goes all the way back to like 2010. And I've got to give a shout out. He's dead now. Joe Spenner, he billed himself as just a farmer and a janitor. Well, this farmer and a janitor uh, uh, compiled a book uh, that included the 1972 World Health Organization memos. Mm Mm-hmm. And they're available on on that PDF page of my website. And when you read them in 1972, they industrialized kidney disease. They industrialized vaccines as a weapon. And they know the mechanism of action of how to get something like a lethal virus into a host without killing the host. And this is where I, I bring in the, the concept of a binary weapon. So in, in military terms, if you want to kill a tank, the only way to get through the tank is you've got to have like an armored, armor-piercing shell made of depleted uranium that is a projectile that can pierce the armor, and then you deliver your, your explosive device. So it's two stages. It's a binary weapon. Another kind of binary weapon is you can have uh, two completely inert uh, chemicals. But when you mix them together, boom. So by themselves, nothing will occur with, with these chemicals. But in the binary system, you simply mix them and it's a high explosive. So we have to look at that in terms of vaccines, which are weapons, where the 1972 WHO memos showed in no uncertain terms that they either bred mice to have low or no immunity. And hell, isn't that what they're doing to us now? Uh, People can't even hold their own against diseases. Uh, uh, America spends trillions of dollars on health care. We're rated below Costa Rica, for God's sake. Mm -hmm. In, in healthcare delivery, 
And we, why did I use that inclusive word? Good God, I don't even associate myself with this place. So the United States Corporation is abysmal in, in, in health. Why? Because immune systems don't work. Why? Because they bred populations to not work or they have little tricks. Cobra venom and other substances can shut down immune system cascades. And then what they did is they loaded up these test subjects. And I like to say that instead of like mice or rats because the test subjects could be and are you and me and our grannies. You load the test subject up with what would normally kill it. And their observations in these memos were that the, the mice were running around like there was nothing wrong. Well, let's examine what, why that is. The only reason you get sick is because your immune system is on surveillance, it sees a problem, and it mounts a response. The response is the sickness because the disease was already there. So if you shut off immunity, nobody will ever feel ill. And everybody I've ever known with stage four cancer told me I was never sick a day in my life. I had a hangnail, went into the doctor, and he says, well, you know, we took care of your hangnail, and uh, by the way, you got stage four cancer. No immunity. So you, Your body wasn't surveilling. So do you think that their, their side of it would be that uh, that's proof that the dose is small enough that it doesn't affect people, right? That's probably what they're they're saying, and yet what's happening is it's in there, and something's going to trigger it eventually. Oh, okay. And see, here's here's another Jordan maxim, because just like Judy Wood, I had to come up with my own phrases. Um, what's in a flu shot? And see, that's a loaded question. I'm I'm not going to ever set you guys up to make you feel bad or or look dumb. What's in a flu shot? We have no fucking clue. The label says flu shot, but good God, it's clear fluid. I didn't make it. I have no idea what's in it. I don't know if there's cobra venom in there to shut down my compliment cascade. I don't know if there is any other like high-tech DARPA, let's put in some nano machine, uh, you know, science fiction insanity in that vial. And so what, what happened was that with malice aforethought these who the world health organization uh uh researchers they actually shut down the immune systems of these test subjects loaded them up with virus they never got sick well how could that happen to us well just the, the and this comes to us from veterinary sources if you shoot an animal with multiple vaccines mm -hmm. It will depress the immune system. That's known. I, I, I you know, FAO, uh, uh, Food and Agriculture Organization of the uh, UN. Mm -hmm. FAO has a, a veterinary vaccine manual that says equivocally that if you over-vaccinate, you're going to depress the immune system. Good God, in North America alone, there's nearly 70 shots that they give kids. So you want to talk about immune depression... That's one way of doing it if it was just the vaccines. But always remember, just because it says MMR on the shot, you have no idea what's in that needle. Got no idea. 
but they knew from 1972 how to shut off the immune system, load them up with viruses. They'd run around like nothing's going wrong. And don't people today, like I said, with the cancer patients, they were fine. They, they looked the picture of health. They looked better than I did before they got their, can, their, their stage four cancer diagnosis. And then they started being part, parted out and burnt, and you know, then they died. What happened? Their immune system kicked back on. Just like what the researchers did is they induced immunity into the, 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 the test animals, and then the test animals suffered either like catastrophic uh, kidney failure or they, and or they died outright. And see, what we look for in science is called mechanism of action. You have to have a, a, a structured way of getting from point A to point B with all of the uh, methods and materials laid out on, on how you accomplish that, and then any other researcher can duplicate that and either confirm or deny your findings. And these WHO memos have the mechanism of action of how to make a vaccine as a weapon and I see that across the board in human beings. Darren, do you have any any other thoughts on that? No, I'm going to print them out and I'll start doing a segment on it. Yeah, maybe, eh? Yeah. Yeah, there's lots of free PDFs on Patrick's site and, and lots of information in his books, too. I had some uh, homemade sauerkraut today with dinner. Cool. You got to be careful of the fermented food, Darren. Do you? Yeah, what were you saying about kombucha is not very good and there's other stuff. There's uh, something about the way, uh, the way the fermented food is not good, but they used to do it okay. Okay. Oh, my God. Um, okay. Sorry, man, because it's like... Oh. The, the, the reason that I'm, I'm under distress is good God, they lied to us about everything. Yeah, so, I don't I don't want to take you too far off track, but I do want to get to food before we run out of time because it's, uh, yeah. you know, that, that's probably the, the hardest thing people have right now is like vaccines is one thing, but I mean, the yeah, food and what's good and bad. I mean, you know, fat used to be bad, now it's good and people don't know what to right, do anymore. Right, right, right. And that, that's part of the psyop to get you to disbelieve everything. So why, why is now fermented food a psyop it's it's controlled opposition why would that be because our guts are so messed up that people are looking to eat other people's poo that if you did things the way that our ancestors did then you would have all because if you properly ferment your food you have the what are called probiotics you would have the microbes that are friendly to the human gut you would have the enzymes that those microbes released into your reaction vessel. You would have lactic acid, which is not only tasty, but it is a detoxification chemical. You would have your food broken down, pre-digested, and you would have vitamins released into that mix. Now think about this, gentlemen, and I'm, I'm really glad that you did bring this topic up and th there's there's a book that you can access from my books page on fermented food those five things are billion dollar industries in alternative medicine probiotics 
enzymes, uh, pre-digested food, vitamins, and, well, well, we'll leave that lactic acid out. So four things. Four things are a billion-dollar industry that you can brew, and uh, that's the wrong word. Brewing is different than fermentation, that you can ferment in your own home for the price of food. So you're using food. You're not living on pills. But they got us addicted to pills because they broke us so bad that we can't even get food into our system. We have to go back to the old ways to get nutrition. So here's the thing. In the old days, they would always use sealed crocs. So in these modern times, they talk about fermenting with a crock. And so a crock is, is an acceptable vessel for fermenting in. Is that the wooden a, thing with the weight on it? Well, it, typically they, they were made out of ceramics. They, they could be wooden, and they would have a ceramic weight. And most of the time the ceramic weights broke, so they would put a board on top of their brew, and I'm using the right word now, and put a stone on that, and stones are dirtier than hell, and they would go about their business because they were dumb, ignorant, poor hillbillies. But in the ancient traditions, a crock would be sealed with mud, clay, or wax, because oxygen had to be restricted. We were looking for anaerobic fermentation. Now, in these modern times, and see, I, I don't advocate, uh, like, products. I don't go out there and hawk other people's products. If you want to educate yourself on the proper way to do things, I will suggest go to pickleit.com and be very aware that PickleIt, uh, not patented, therefore it's been pirated on Amazon, and people have sent me their quote-unquote picklet jars that were not picklet jars that they bought off of Amazon, and they said, uh, it said picklet, you know, on, on the, um, uh, you know, on, on the web page. And it's like, but it's not. You didn't buy it from, like, the original manufacturer. You will find, and, you know, I'm, I'm directing you there to find the proper way to ferment, because if you're fermenting in mason jars, Mason jars, the, the glass is made of uh, uh, soda ash, high in uh, contaminants. If you're fermenting in mason jars, they cannot be sealed against oxygen, <laughs> and that's why they bubble out and coat your kitchen with, you know, brew. You need an airlocked, hermetically sealed jar made of um, borosilicate glass that will not leach any kind of toxins into your... Uh, and into your ferment. And that's the proper way to do it. And the reason that I'm going into all this detail is because they're telling people, you can ferment in mason jars and eat it in three days. Good God, if you're eating cabbage in three days, you're eating such high histamine, you, you could put some kids into anaphylactic shock, for God's sakes. If you're eating cabbage in three days, you're eating something that was... Uh, processed with a vinegar process, not a lactic acid process. It's high in um, peroxides. It takes three months to ferment cabbage. Three months because 
One of the things that cabbage is good for is vitamin C. When they went out on sea voyages, they would use lemons, limes, and sauerkraut to prevent scurvy because cabbage is high in vitamin C and it takes three months for the vitamin C to be released back into the ferment. It's locked up for three months in that fermentation process. Because, you know, let, let's face this. If people are uh, like uh, wine and beer connoiss- connoisseurs, you're not going to want some uh, shake and bake, you know, uh, ripple. You're not going to want some really shitty beer. You're going to want something that was brewed with uh, care and intent and has a quality that you seek. You're not going to want some shake and bake thing. You're going to want quality. And if you are fermenting in aerobic, meaning air, oxygen conditions, and fermenting for a short period of time, then it's not traditional and it's not going to be in the long run healthy or short run healthy. And in the long run, it could be detrimental because it's working towards this agenda of everything you know is wrong and we told you to do it wrong. Do you know how to do it, Darren? I didn't do it. Who did your wife? Lisa did it with their herbalist. With their herbalist? They, they do the, the fermenting? It's been about three months. Oh, really? Yeah. Maybe she's got it right. Maybe she's got one good. of uh, Patrick's books. Yeah, it's, been a, it's been a long time for sure. Good, 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 good. Yeah, and, and since, she got since, They got everything there. They got a shelf full. They got all sorts of different teas, and it's crazy. Oh, and kombucha. <clears throat> let's, let's just dispel that mess, like, really quick, because you that's that's another thing that people always quiz me about kombucha kombucha oh my god i did a chapter on it so it's it's sound by time um kombucha originally was a fungus from china that made its way to russia that was brewed in a particular fashion for health purposes today they're saying throw some tea in a jar with sugar, and uh, I, 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 you know, I, I haven't even memorized the details of this. Maybe uh, some yeast. Is that thing that grows on top the scoby or whatever it is? The scoby is uh, uh, mucopolysaccharide snot <laughs> of an, an aerobic yeast uh, fermentation. It has no nutritional value whatsoever. Uh, you, you might get a tiny bit of carbonation. You might get a little bit of vinegar tang because it's all being done with air. Unless you got an airlock, you know, like a professional brewer's airlock on a hermetically sealed vessel. Mm. You are not fermenting. You're brewing. So you're brewing a sugar, yeast, uh, alcoholic beverage for god's sakes and that's why people get so happy about oh i i I love my i love my kombucha you know it it makes me feel good well yeah because you're getting drunk you're drinking vinegar and you know you're you're eating uh yeast snot but what did it do to you and somebody had sent me this thing called uh rope worms because there's a new parasite out there and i'm looking at it and going well you know I, i i've studied parasitology that ain't any bug that I've ever seen. So you read and always you can get the best information from like the message board postings. So there were message board postings on uh, like ropeworms.com 
And one of the commenters had said that, you know, if you just take uh, kombucha and you swirl it in your mouth, you can make like these little jellyfish that look kind of like mini ropeworms. And see, that's the only clue that I needed to go, good God, this new phenomenon of a pseudo-parasite, which it isn't, it's just, you know what it is? It's scoby in your gut. It's the mother and the kombucha. Thank you. They're shitting out four four foot lengths of uh, scoby out of their guts because what they have done, and this is the psyop, this is why I warn people against alternative health that is not alternative and it isn't health, is because now those that are in control are trying to alter the biome of people by telling them to do the wrong thing. Here, uh, you know, there there is no kombucha culture. That mushroom from China doesn't fucking exist. You can't use yeast to substitute for a rare Chinese fungus. So it's wrong on its beginning. You know, don't even call it kombucha for God's sakes. Call it call it a rope worm tea. <laughs> so what do you what do you do? So what do we do then? Like, I mean, what are some tricks and and stuff that you you do then? T- to uh, to minimize the damage of vaccines or to to stay healthy, like for example, I heard you talk about um, Tom's toothpaste because I went and bought that non fluoride. Like I've been I've been fluoride free for quite a while now. But then you just mentioned oh, that, that Tom. I use Tom's. What's wrong with that? It's bought, they bought by they bought by Colgate now. Colgate owns them. So like, who knows what the fuck's in there? Like they do, they added some fluoride ones as well. So it's like Tom's with fluoride and Tom's without fluoride. And I don't even want to talk about brands, but because that's the main one that you get in all the supermarkets that's supposed to be fluoride free. But I mean, who knows now? Okay. So, you know, personally I use a water pick and when I do brush, I use a water pick. If I needed an abrasive, I would probably get, uh, and you know, sorry about the um, uh, using name brands, but it's cheap as hell. NOW is the brand. Now brand makes calcium carbonate. And if you read Tom's toothpaste, what's the abrasive? Calcium carbonate. So it's like, why wouldn't you just be able to put a little bit of calcium carbonate on a spoon, get your brush a tiny bit wet, dip it into that, and use that if you need it, an abrasive. And see, I don't, I don't use abrasives anymore. I just use the water pick. There's also like, there's also essential oil paste and stuff you can get that are pretty expensive. Like I've got one with a couple different oils in there, and then there's the, the and then there's the the, co- the, coca, the coconut oil as well. But like swish, uh, pulling with coconut oil, do you think that that that's is there any merit to that? <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! This is so funny. Yeah, I'm I'm sorry, but you know, it's like you're bringing up all the proper things for me to bat these out of the park. <laughs> so in India, in ancient India, what they used was sesame oil. They never used coconut oil. And so I looked into sesame oil. Sesame oil in industry is fantastic for potentializing pesticides. And I thought, oh my God, you know, what does this mean? Because even I, you know, I've been at this for 30 years. Even I get you know, sidelined by stuff. And I go, I'm going to have to take a week off and think about this for a while. And then it occurred to me, well, what you're trying to do is clean up the bad bacteria in your mouth. 
Well, if sesamolin, which is one of the active ingredients in sesame oil, it potentiates pesticides, well, what are you trying to do with the oil pulling? You're trying to kill bugs. That's antibiotic. That's a pesticide, which, you know, I'm crossing over the meaning of words and dangerous words because people have taken them to mean one narrow thing. That would be a good thing. So in, in India, yeah, maybe, maybe they will polish their teeth with coconut oil, but the actual pulling was done with sesame oil because huh. it's a great pesticide. Interesting. And it's, it tastes good, too. It's, it's so weird how we're, like, it was hard to switch from regular toothpaste. Like, you just, I just always had that, that view that, like, I needed to brush my teeth so my breaths didn't stink, and, like, that's just, like, you had to do that. Like, you had to brush your teeth three times with... Oh, wow. Flor- fluoride toothpaste, and it's yeah. just hard. I mean, it's hard to get out of that uh, that mindset. Well, and, well, is it a mindset, or were you driven to that by industry? Because what they do is they tell you, in order to have fresh breath, you need to gargle with this mouthwash. Well, the mouthwash has alcohol in it, and it might be ethanol. We'll have to check. And what alcohol does is it dries out your mouth. When your mouth is dry, what does that do? It encourages the growth of pathogens. And so what do you get? Bad breath. So what do you do? You take more mouthwash. <laughs> yeah, exactly. These fuckers <laughs> got us coming and going. <laughs> yeah. So let me tell you, you know, you're asking me, you know, what, what, what should we do? What do I do? Well, I do all of my own fermentation at home. Mm-hmm. And I eat them constantly every day and in mass quantities. And what I notice, because I work out in the sun sometimes up to 12 hours a day. Ah. And I used to put off a powerful stink back in the day. You know, I'll admit it, I smelled bad. And when I started eating ferments, within, I would say, over a year, my body chemistry changed, and all of a sudden, I could sweat outdoors in the hot sun. Pardon me and not stink. It changes your body chemistry. Hmm. Now, that's important as well, about, though, isn't what it? What about like your light, feces? Like... Did it Say stink? it again, I didn't hear it. Did your feces stink? Darren's back on the shit again. <laughs> well, maybe this is your source, Grub. You get some good, not stinking shit. That's the healthy stuff. I don't have to worry about that. You don't? You have a source? <laughs> I'm sorry, man. Um, well, you know, I, I I would love to be able to say my shit don't stink, but here's the problem. Here's the problem with that. Uh, the internal chemistry, as it is cleaned and presented through the skin, became neutral. But because... I work outdoors, we're talking chemtrails, we're talking farm exposure. When I go out amongst the great unwashed, because they're covered in like perfume, cologne, body care, and, you know, smoking, uh, you know, cherry tobacco, those toxins get in me and they need an excretion pathway. And so things will come out that are not pleasant, Mm -hmm. but I look at that as, at least I'm expelling them. I'm yeah, exactly. getting them out. Exactly. I'm not sequestering them. Yeah, that's a good point. 
So the other thing that's healthy, though, I think, is is the sun, right, and the full spectrum sunlight and and water. I think, I mean, lately I've been on to those being two of the most important things. Like even over food and all this other stuff is proper proper light and or cold. If you're not in a spot where you can get lots of light, and then and then proper water. And see, I'm I'm laughing because I agree with you, but man. You know, that, that might have worked like in the 1920s. Um, chemtrails, good God, the, the sun looks like it's a halogen lamp on the set of The Truman Show. Because <laughs> I, you know, for, since 1973, I've been working outdoors. 1973, I know what the sun looks like. I know what weather patterns are like. I used to be able to predict changes and go, okay, we're, we're in for, you know, this kind of climate change just by looking at the sky. And now, how do you predict climate change when the sky is gray and crisscross, man? When the sun looks like a white light bulb instead of a yellow, you know, life giver. Yeah. So, you know, to answer your question, yes, back in the day, the ancient legends that we're looking into was the breatharians that would simply stare at the sun and drink water. And it appears that that might have been a possibility. We don't know. We don't have, you know, conclusive evidence. That's and I'm not they all went to... extinct. <laughs> exactly. I'm not fucking easy. <laughs> <laughs> There's still not, a few around. I'm not about to prove it on myself because I don't know enough yet. But, yes, the quest, the, the, you, you ask the question and the answer is yes. Sunlight is important, but can we get it? Because chemtrails are blocking key frequencies. And see, what we need is for cytochrome P450 to be activated. It's a detoxification isoenzyme. And in order for that to work, you need 400 plus nanometers of indigo light. Mm -hmm. If the chemtrails are blocking that, then, Mm -hmm. oh my God, we're not going to be able to detoxify correctly. If the chemtrails are blocking the UVB range mm-hmm. of sunlight, we're not going to be able to activate vitamin D. And now let's think about this, gentlemen. What's another big complaint out there? I, I talked about magnesium. Yeah, vitamin Everybody, D deficiency, yeah. We're all low on vitamin D. In fact, my doctor couldn't even find it in my blood. It's like, well, how the fuck does that happen? How do you go from a civilization that had no problem whatsoever with vitamin D unless it was rickets, for God's sakes, and then they put the little kids out in the sunlight to everybody's low on vitamin D? How does that happen? And chemtrails, and it's not just, you know, vaccines is at the heart of that, but chemtrails is the other contributing factor because if it's blocking that spectrum of sunlight, we can have uh, cholecalciferol in our blood until we're poisoned, and it's never going to be activated in the kidneys, ever. So so do you advocate then infrared light or UVB in a tanning booth, that type of thing? Okay, I've, I've got uh, a spurting. Here we go again with the, uh, the name brands, but it gets people a, a jumping off point. A spurty lamp that puts off UVB range and I, I use it therapeutically, primarily in the winter time. Yeah, yeah. Um, what I've noticed, though, is uh, suntans, 
aren't what they used to be. Oh, good God, in, in, in summer in Illinois, looking at the pretty girls wearing shorts was just, it was a joy because they were golden brown. And, you know, that, that, that's a white guy kind of thing, but good God, you know, they, they looked fantastic. And now when I see all these college students come out and, you know, they're shopping in the, the big box stores and grocery stores, they look like they got liver cancer, man. The entire color of their skin is wrong. It's shifted in the wrong direction because we're missing that specter of light that used to create what looked like a healthy tan. So you definitely notice a difference in the skies then? Oh, the, the, the skies are not, you know, like I said, 1973, uh, they're, they're not the skies I knew. They're wrong. They're, they're, they're damaged. And there, there was a, um, a commenter on the internet that called it sky pharmacology. Huh. So sky the other fire. thing that I do is I, 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 uh, I focus on bile which I got a good hearty laugh from uh, my sidekick, um, uh, Clint Richardson. I did shows with him on RBN, and he'd go, uh, so what what are you into today? I said, well, I'm still working on my favorite topic of bile, and he goes, dude, you need a life. (laughs) But seriously, gentlemen, I, I, and see, within Continuum, and it'll probably be another book that I'll, I'll do a booklet on vitamin C, uh, w- within the topics of vitamin C and bile, I think these are keys to human health because we have a vitamin C gene that's broken. Hmm. We're missing the last enzymatic step, and if that was intact, we could make our own vitamin C, and we wouldn't need it from outside sources. Hmm. Because think about this, good God. You know, people are, we, we should have give, given a warning before the show for everybody to get some industrial strength, uh, um, Paxil, or maybe a fifth of whiskey to deaden their nerves. Okay, so here's the thing with vitamin C. It used to be you ate a few lemons, you got rid of scurvy. Scurvy is frank disease. Uh, Albert St. Georgi, the guy that's credited with uh, discovering vitamin C, he says by the time he gets scurvy, you're on your way to death. That's what that means. And it could be turned around with a few lemons or limes or, or sauerkraut. Not much. Milligram doses. And now we've got the Linus Pauling freaks that are saying, you need up to 40 grams of intravenous vitamin C to get healthy. Really? How the fuck did we go from 40 milligrams to 40 grams, which is 40,000 milligrams? How, how does that happen? So something happened with the vitamin C where you used to just eat fruit and you were good to go. Then, well, we had to supplement. And see, it's cooking the frog slowly. And vitamin C supplements became mainstream. But it, they weren't really vitamin C, were they? Because vitamin C is a complex, not just ascorbic acid. So we've been tricked again. And so people are popping ascorbic acid you know, as, as pills or wafers or, or, or powders or whatever. And slowly and slowly, it's not working. And so they keep changing it up to the point, gentlemen, where there's this, like, uh, cult out there that if you go to Harbor Freight, and sorry for mentioning names, but I, I like to do it to make a point. You go to Harbor Freight and you get an ultrasonic um, cleaner. And it's like, really? Is it food-grade stainless steel? 
you know uh, what 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 was what was the the the, the uh, machine uh, cleaned with after it was manufactured for food use for God's sakes? Of course, and it wasn't. It was made to put like watch parts in, put in a toxic solvent, and and clean them. That's what it was made for. And so they're putting in oil, and they're putting in vitamin C, and they're creating um, micelles, M I C. E L L E S, little little globules of oil that contain vitamin C. For what reason? Oh, it's called liposomal vitamin C. And if you do it, you know, if you do it at home, you'll save a whole bunch of money and you'll get it into your cells quicker. Really? Because like for however long human beings have been around, vitamin C has been a water soluble vitamin. Now all of a sudden, people can't even fucking get it into their cells. And you've got to go to a hardware store to make your own fat-based vitamin C? Are you fucking kidding me? How, how does the bile come into it? <laughs> okay. Bile digests fat. It's, it's, it's detergent. That, that's what bile is. Bile is detergent. It digests fat. And what are fat-soluble vitamins? Well, and good, good question, very timely, because vitamin C in oil would be then a fat-soluble vitamin. It ain't getting anywhere if your bile don't work. Vitamin A ain't getting anywhere if your bile don't work. Vitamin D ain't getting anywhere if your bile don't work. And see, you need this transport system to get the vitamin D with the bile across the uh, intestines into where it's going to affect its action on what? Minerals. So if you've got bad bile, you're not going to have any vitamin D transport. If you have no vitamin D transport, then your calcium, your magnesium, and all your other uh, metal ions aren't going anywhere. So how do you test for that? Oh, you don't need to. You don't need to, in, in 1990, good God, what, 1990, let's just say that. Holda Clark says, I don't even check people for what she would call gallbladder stones. Now, she linked gallbladder stones, which are concretions, they're, they're actually hard objects, with what she called sludge bile. And I'm, I'm talking silly putty. I don't know if that's like a Canadian thing, um, yeah. Play-Doh. silly putty you can have that in your liver and i have proved that out i have done uh liver cleanses every two weeks for one year and seven months and purged play-doh silly putty uh green bile in sludge forms that would make you think it was like a monster from a sci-fi movie (laughs) the the liver has to be cleaned and see, I had to do it to get healthy because I was exposed to chemicals on the farm since 1973 mm-hmm. in industry, you know, since so 1984. I, I have been poisoned all my life. Mm-hmm. I had to clean out my liver. You've got to get the bile moving. You've got to get it clean. Otherwise, no other system of the body is going to work. Mm-hmm. That is what takes things from point A to point B. Interesting. I haven't heard that much during the No. So what I do, you know, like I said, because I have to plug myself, um, 
I do consults. I can work people through a process of cleaning their liver that I have developed myself from the sources of Holda Clark and um, Andre Moritz, M-O-R-I-T-Z. So, you know, if people wanted to get a jump on there and feel comfortable with the information and even do it themselves, you know, without a consult for me, liver health is paramount. But those two sources are the best ones that I have found for getting it done in a safe and uh, less um, distressful way because it can be hard on the body because there's a concept that I learned working in the semiconductor industry. Poison in is poison out. If you get arsenic poisoning like I did, in order to get it out, you've got to chelate it. As you chelate it and you pull it out of your body, you can get damn sick, man. Yeah. Well, well, let's get info, man. We'll uh, we're gonna, you know, we'll link to all that in the show notes. Um, all cool. your free PDFs and your website and all the books are on. We there. might turn the one PDF into a segment for a while. Yeah. If someone might. sends us a jingle. We might yeah. have to do a segment on the the, the, we'll make the who segment. memo or something. The who memos. Yeah. Cool. Maybe could, cool. maybe they could revamp an old who song. Yeah, maybe we'll have you. Maybe we'll have you. Memo. And maybe we can have you on again in the future as well. Yeah, awesome. Yeah. Yeah, that was yeah, that was great. Just rain on the rest of my parades. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, there's so much to get into. I mean, we really only touched the surface on so many things. Uh, and that, 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 that is my Native American name is uh, Chief Dark Cloud. <laughs> so I, I can rain on anybody's parade, but you know, what, I, what I'm trying to do, gentlemen, and I, I hope I answered your questions and th- those the listeners might have, is we've been lied to about everything. We have to start from ground zero and build up a base of knowledge that we feel comfortable with that works for us. Yeah. So, you know, that's, that's I'm, I'm hoping that we provided that, not just the doom and gloom. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah, that's good. Yeah, thanks a lot for coming on. Yeah, it was yeah. one of the one of the funner ones we've had in a while. It's, yeah, it's always fun when we're laughing. Yeah, <laughs> cool guys. Right okay, thanks a lot, Patrick. Take care. Yeah. Okay. Bye bye. Ciao. And that was our uh, chat with Patrick Jordan, two first namer. Wow. You almost need uh, two first names when you come with that much information. Yeah. I'm gonna have to get that guy a third first name. That was uh, yeah. That was a lot of fun. Two and a half hours just flew by. Yeah, it did fly. <laughs> yeah, it is weird eh, how that happens. Yeah, it flew by for sure. I, I wanted to get a little deeper into the vaccines and the and the and the um, and the the evidence of the weaponization kind of thing. And and it's uh, it's a tough one, man. It's uh, a tough next one. time, maybe we can do. Now that we've had them on, we can look down the road at uh, fine tuning yeah. some talks, perhaps. Yeah. Anyway, if you'd like to keep us, uh, first off, big thanks to uh, PJ for coming on the show. Patrick Jordan. Patrick Jordan, that's right. Uh, check out his website. Check out the books. Free PDFs all over the place. Um, speaking of free, this show is free. And, uh, yeah, if you'd like to keep us rocking that way, ad-free, sponsor-free, affiliate-free. No uh, bullshit. No people telling us what we can and can't say. Yeah. Uh, check out grammarica.ca slash support and uh, there's a bunch of different ways you can help us out financially there you can sign up for a monthly for as little as a dollar a day right up to uh, I think 20 or 30 dollars a day you can spam gram with your stories a month a month month. month. holy cow 30 (laughs) dollars a day 
Just, or you uh, can just do a one-time donation too. It really yeah, helps. Yeah. yeah. Or you can check out grammarica.ca slash swag for uh, a bunch of different t-shirts and s- stickers and mini skirts and stuff like that. That uh, They send us a couple bucks if you buy something there. What else? Sign up for the newsletter. Yeah, review us on iTunes. Review us on iTunes. Yeah. Do everything. Graham asks you to in the show notes. Yeah. There's a doobie-doobie-doo list in the show notes. That's right. All right, guys. I think that's about it. Uh, Thanks for hanging in there for this long chat with Patrick. And we will see you next week.